0: Holy Calamity, Scream Insanity, oh, are you ever going to be another great fan of me? Bro? Hello, welcome to the Quarter to three yeah, three Movie yeah, Podcast holy for uh, Christian Molenski's 3x3 of the, the Month. I would like to be known as El Capitan. I am Tom Chick, and to help me with... <laughs> Dingus is 3 by 3 I've brought along Kelly Wand. Uh wait. <laughs> it makes <laughs> it I up didn't. Yeah, the 3 by 3 is what dingus? It is your favorite gloves in movies. Ah. But I thought I would do a tagline. You don't an- introduce Kelly me Wand, like. do you have a tagline for gloves just in general? I'm not known for my name, just things I say when you ask me. <laughs> I was not aware there were a, there was a gloves tagline. What do you got for? we have been doing this for 9
1: million years.
0: Uh this is the our 502nd line. episode. How oh, crazy is that? Right you know what? We've
1: got to stop keeping, keeping track of time. It's one of several – I'm trying to, like, talk everyone in the world into doing, like, some big moves, and that's one of them. I think we just should stop you know, knowing what time it is.
2: Chris Marker- Chris Markinson cannot be stopped from keeping track of time. That's his superpower.
1: I haven't understood a thing Dingus has said all morning. It's
0: weird. <laughs> well, then let's get uh, into oh, – The tagline. Oh, oh tag yes, line. yes. Sorry. There were Okay, yes.
1: A pure hand needs no glove to cover it.
0: I don't know, <laughs> what? I don't know what that's from, but it's, it was a good impression. It was a James Mason impression, so I'm guessing that was Lolita.
1: It's Nathaniel Hawthorne. We don't know how he sounded, so I just
0: guess. <laughs> that's in your imagination how he sounds. I'm sure he i sure he talked like that to
1: his wife when he was really horny.
0: Can I get caught: for being
2: obscure?
1: I know, it's true. You kind of won that one. You won the second I said Nathaniel Hawthorne.
0: Speaking of obscure, what <laughs> movies have you guys seen this week? Anything obscure? Kelly Wand, you tend to see obscure things. What yeah, movie did. did you watch this week?
1: This week I watched, uh, I didn't finish it, but it was called, uh, it was an Arabic sex comedy farce on German Netflix called It's Fine. And it was in Arabic.
0: What I mean, nation is There it were from? English
1: subtitles. I don't know, but they okay. were... They wore uh, burkas and caftans, mm-hmm. and the plot was that a belly dancer was moving into this apartment building, and there was three married guys who were, who were like, drooling all over, and the wives are, like, angry about it. And that's, like, the whole plot of the movie. That and sounds wacky. It's, it's wacky, and the wife of one of the guys... This is the kind of humor it has. One of the wives... Uh, she eats all the mangoes in the fridge. He goes, what do we have for dinner? Where's my dinner, bitch? He's, like, dancing. It's a little different. And then, uh, <laughs> she's all, oh, I don't know, uh, dinner's in the fridge. And she acts nervous, and then he opens it, and there's, like, a mango, and, like, like cartoon music plays. And then he's all, where's the other three mangoes? And she's all, I don't know. And he goes, you ate them all. And then he starts beating her with comical sound effects. But then later, when the dance moves in, the, uh... One of the wives pour. She goes, "Oh, that girl moved in here. I'm, I'm, I'm. Check it out." And then she pours Pepsi all over herself to self-immolate. And it's the same woman. And then the husband goes, "You better be on fire when I get back." And then he goes into the room, and then they, like, one by one, they. And why didn't you spit. watch this
0: through to the end?
1: Because there's a stupid kid in it that lives with the oh, that's, girl. Oh,
0: that, that was the breaking point for you, a stupid kid. Yeah. At that point, you're like, I'm out. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm no longer interested. She's
1: like one of our kids, too. She's like an American child actress kind of kid. Like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, everybody started dancing every 10 minutes. Like, out of the story, like, all the characters and, like, a singer that was introduced in one scene, they just were like a giant dance sequence set somewhere that has nothing to do with the movie. And, and I you weren't even curious about, about what country this is from? No, but my takeaway was that their humor is not that different from ours, and we're all the same. And the funny thing is, like, I was thinking of Trump, like the most racist, like
0: man. Wait, like, it's called. It's guys. fine. Like it is fine.
1: Yeah, like I thought it was like the it's their version of the Ryan O'Neill movie about jeans, I think. But uh, my point is, what it's called, So Fine, and Richard Keel was in it. Ryan O'Neill. Wow. 1981. God.
2: Yeah, that was just is, for you. His name is Jaws.
1: Yeah, Jaws. Jaws. And that, uh... Anyway, so my point is, their humor's not that different, so it's like the most racist people I know would probably really like that movie, and that's the great irony, is that if we just watched each other's movies, I think well, like, we'd all agree Trump was a
0: terrible person. I'm, I'm not finding anything on this, uh, trying to find it on IMDb. It's fine? Yeah. Kelly, I
2: forgot what your opinion of the movie Thelma was. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and you're watching this.
1: Well, because I can watch it in bed and just lay on my ass. Oh. have, like, a really good TV. So I wait. <laughs> but, I, you know, I have to – it's too much HDMI involved. So I watch whatever's on German Netflix. Plus it's kind of like a grab bag. It's like eating German food. Like, you know, it's not going to be good, but there's a lot of variety. <laughs> and – um you know, there's options. Like, I'm never going to get... Like, I can watch Thelma anytime, but where, when else but now am I going to get to see It's Fine?
2: That's a good point, actually. Is it yeah. a I'm recent not, movie? I, yeah. I think
1: it's 2015. Huh. All right. There, there's a lot of master shots. It, it's like a student film. Like, you can't tell when it was made from how it looks or the joke. There's a lot of inside jokes that I didn't get. Like, you... if uh, When I wear... Uh, brown, I look like Mahafita or something. You're supposed to know who it is. Like It's one of their
0: demons, I think. Alright, so well, a if, couple
1: references if you are guys are
0: listening and you want to watch the movie that Kelly Wan watched, good luck. I can't find anything. <laughs> Mah- Apparently, All right. it's fine uh, in Arabic. Uh, Google that and uh, hopefully you'll have better luck than I did. Dingus, what's a movie you saw this week? I'll find it. Alright,
2: you're not going to accept this as a movie, but that's too bad. Um, I haven't talked about Free Solo yet on this podcast, have I?
0: We we did that for the podcast. I mean, we, yeah, we did a solo uh, episode for the podcast. No, Free yeah, Solo. we did. And we had to no. pay for it. We paid. It cost us. Nope.
2: We... <laughs> uh, free Solo is uh, an excellent movie um, by uh, a pair of directors named uh, Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai. Basarhali and it's about this dude named Alex Honnold who uh, sets out to free solo climb El Capitan um, which uh, if you don't know what free solo climbing is it means you're not using any ropes or anything like that um so you just have to map it out you have to practice it you have to work on it over and over again and and then you have to try to figure it out uh and these this pair of directors did uh an excellent movie that uh a friend of mine recommended called meru um and one of the things that's great about it is that it's not just a movie about uh the dangers of trying to climb El Capitan. It's not just about that. Uh they ha- they have edited it in such a way that it's really more of a relationship drama and this guy, he's kind of a little bit spectrumy. Um and he's he his his basic uh, his basic thing in the movie is Uh, If I had to choose between having a relationship and being a climber, I'd choose to be a climber. Um, And it's just a fascinating view into this particular guy's personality, uh, how his brain works and how uh, he tries to eventually balance a relationship with doing this thing that is ultimately um, this huge huge event in his life that he, uh, that he's trained for, for basically all of his life. Uh, he's just a fascinating dude. Um, and the movie is really well edited. And again, uh, the main, the main takeaway for me is that it's, it's a movie about various relationships as much as it, as it is about the thrill of climbing. So, uh, uh, I know you don't accept documentaries as movies. So. Oh,
0: it's a documentary
2: because I was going to ask you who plays him. Uh, he plays himself. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, and it's uh, it's just uh, it's gobsmacking uh, to watch what he's doing and and to and to watch the different people in his life that uh, are worried about him or supporting him or how he lives his life. Uh, I I i was totally taken with it it was nominated for a documentary uh for this year i don't know if it won i don't i didn't pay attention um but uh it's just it's it's amazing photography uh again uh, and i and i would heartily recommend the the movie that the these directors did before called meru it's it's spelled m-e-r-u um uh Anyway, uh, I, I just find uh, you know these types of climbing things to be fascinating, especially since uh, they deal with relationships. So, well, so, so far you're he...
0: doing much better than Kelly Wan in terms of having seen a relevant movie. Well, he hasn't even <laughs> –
1: Mine's seen... got Arabs in it. His he has... a fucking he... mountain climber.
2: Well, he hasn't
0: technically seen the movie he talked about. <laughs> oh, true. You didn't even yeah. stick with it, Kelly Wan. You don't even know how it ends up. And you're right, I didn't Kelly. It was as
1: fine as the title implied. I felt jipped.
0: Gy- so yeah, it's on Netflix. That's what it's called there. You can find it there. Uh, I searched for one of the actor's names, and his apparently this is not good enough to be on IMDb. Kelly wand, so.
1: <laughs> Netflix? So Netflix is in lower bar than... Netflix.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Please, come on. We've seen enough stuff. You, remember Cloverfield Paradox? How'd that work out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, but I'll take this over Cloverfield Paradox in a heartbeat. Even no, though you I, won't,
0: because you haven't seen it. You've, saw, you've seen all of Cloverfield Paradox, and only part of it's fine. That's not something I'm proud of, though. <laughs> I'm not bragging about that. Like, oh, that's how much more I like Cloverfield how Paradox. How much of Free Solo have you seen?
1: Uh, the one about... Aaron Eichenbiker? No, stop.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: I just can't look at that title and not think of the worst movie ever made. <laughs> like, I need to get, just get past
0: it. Well, it's kind of, that's what was, that's what the the title of that movie is what I was thinking after Empire Strikes Back. Like, that's, that's where I go. That's where my head goes. He's in Carbonite. Free him. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Or it's a free stub. I think that's, that's called Thaw Solo.
0: Oh, or, they, right. or they're
1: they're trying to give away solo because it didn't make right. enough money at the box office <laughs> and they're like, don't even pay to see it, just come watch it for free. Right. Like they're begging us to watch it.
0: So the uh, thing is uh it's I'm I'm assuming he doesn't die. Um, it's not called kill solo. <laughs> <laughs> not
2: gonna give that away. Documentaries are <sighs> moving. Oh my gosh. So the, do you but do well, you know, I think it's I, Dingus. us? Do you guys know what free solo climbing is? I mean, have you heard of that before? Well, yeah,
0: it's just being dumb and not using ropes. It's yeah. like... <laughs> That's falling. the fact line. Being dumb and not using ropes. Yeah, why would you climb a mountain that way? It just seems to make no... I mean, what is he, Tom Cruise?
1: I don't get why it's a headline when people do stuff like that and then get killed, and you're supposed to be like, oh, my God, what a tragedy. Like, you knew you were going to – like, you went up – like, if I walked to the top of my building and just jumped off, is that a tragedy?
2: Well, that's one of the things that <laughs> is the movie I... get
1: into that issue?
2: That's how I relate to the, the movie we saw – that we all saw together called Everest, where Josh right. Brolin's character has a family, and he goes up Everest and risks his family. I and mean, he, he grew he... on me.
1: Yeah, I know, but – I like
2: that at the same time. Uh, but the the dude. I'm making fun uh, of the news. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you brought up. I'm I'm actually glad you brought up Tom Cruise, Tom, uh-huh. uh, because uh, Alex Honnold does this really cool uh, video on YouTube where he evaluates various climbing in different films. Ah. And and what makes sense and what doesn't. Um, and he, of course, brings up – I think that's Mission Impossible 2. Uh, he brings up what Tom Cruise is doing in that um, and how Tom Cruise, like, rather than mapping it out, like, jumps 15 feet to the side. Uh, so he he actually evaluates that in movies.
0: Um, so he's, he's critical he's, of Tom Cruise, like, as a mountain climber. Like, he was saying that was just showboating.
2: Well, he, he – he says just that moment is but he says it's clear that the guy knows what he's doing Okay. Uh, and I, I don't know I, I would imagine based on what uh, the insurance companies would uh, demand of a movie company that they actually had ropes and they just erased them but I don't know for sure
1: when they were shooting Deuce Bigelow Rob Schneider refused to run for one scene just to give you perspective, on top <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> I my stunt double needs to run they' were uh,
0: paying him enough to perfect. run right?
1: yeah come on i'm
2: not uh looks... so i I totally recommend that uh both uh both of the movies i just taught i just uh, you know free solo and, and maru, which is by the same d- director pair and and uh, I commend that uh video that alex does about uh There's a about... star
1: trek title and a star wars title
0: yeah <laughs> Kobayashi Maru, really, Kelly yeah, Wand? Yeah, wow. That's what Japanese uh, freighters are, are named. <laughs> I want to get my
1: brain purged. And bullshit. Yeah.
0: All right, well, then right, I will be the one to talk about an actual movie and not a documentary and not some weird thing that I tripped over on Netflix and couldn't be bothered to stick with. I instead Guys, look watched... what I tripped over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, Kelly Wand, you're showing us something that's on your shoe, on the bottom of your shoe. Nice work. Yeah, but it's a weird color. <laughs> so... So uh, I saw a movie called Booksmart, which I expected Ah. was going to be like Lady Bird or Eighth Grade, because if you look at the poster, there's two young actresses there, and the font of the poster makes you think it's going to be like Lady Bird or or Eighth Grade. Yeah, but it's not at all. It's a very R-rated, vulgar, outrageous comedy in the vein of Superbad or a movie that no one but me has seen called 21 and Over, which I really like, Uh, completely over the top, Kind of a stylized reality at times. So the thing is, oh, Rushmore fans might like it, for instance. Uh, it's, it's even got used. it's got a musical number in it. There's an animated sequence. This is not at all a uh. serious Lady Bird or eighth grade coming of age movie. But I think and, and I think the comparison to Superbad is is going to be very common because it is their uh, their characters in Booksmart. Uh, and I'll talk about the actresses in a minute. Are definitely oh, analogous oh, to oh. Uh, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah in Superbad. Uh, but an important difference, and also this is a, it's a traditional comedy in a way, in that it's about the last day of high school. You know, like you go all the way back uh, to American Graffiti. Best. Like this is, people love making movies about the last day of high school. I'm sure there's some John Hughes thing. Uh, that's what Superbad is. It's their last. Uh, weekend at high school and then they're gonna go into to college next year so it's like these young people in their lives at a turning point but there's a very important difference between book smart and super bad there's actually a couple of them that I want to highlight because I think that's what you will most often hear about book smart is hey it's super bad but with chicks one of the important differences is uh, certainly the two actresses I love Jonah Hill and I love Michael Sarah. But you've seen them before, you've seen them a lot since Superbad, and they're great in Superbad, they're really good together, and they're having a lot of fun. But you haven't seen Beanie Feldstein enough. Uh, oh, we know her from, from Lady Bird. If you watch a, a, a series called What We Do in the Shadows on FX, she's had a great recurring part in that. Beanie Feldstein, I'm just so looking forward to watching her career develop. She's an amazing young actress, and she's so naturalistic, and and she's so good with Caitlin Deaver, who is her counterpart in Booksmart. And we know Caitlin Deaver from Short Term 12. She played Gary Hart's daughter in The Front Runner, which Dingus and I recently saw. She's in a Lynn Shelton movie uh, called Outside In. Uh, Caitlin Deaver, also a very, very good young actress. And the two of them together, it's just dynamite. I mean, this the sparks between these two young ladies. They are such a great pairing, uh, and and it's as revelatory as seeing Michael, Sarah, and Jonah uh, Hill in Superbad. But an important difference is the nature of their relationship. Superbad has this great relationship, and I even forgot this. The characters' names in Superbad. Do you guys remember what Jonah Hill's and Michael Sarah's names are in Superbad? Evan. No. And. and Kevin, Seth. Yes. they named, The writers named the characters after themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Superbad is just so it, – it's basically Seth Rogen. It's just like Seth Rogen's writing and acting, and he, he even put himself in it as a cop. Um, and part of the problems with Superbad is it's got this great relationship that these two very capable young actors are, are performing. But – it can't help but be about Seth Rogen at times, and it veers off into these outrageous cop characters, which I, I feel is 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 nowhere near as good as the central relationship. Uh, Smart has no such problem like that. Smart is entirely focused on the relationship between Molly and Amy, the two young women, uh, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have a diverse, generous cast, and it also is willing the, the cast in Superbad, who is not the two main characters, are basically clowns, like Christopher Mintz Platt's uh, McLovin character, the wacky cops, uh, Kevin Connell's, the threatening guy at the party who beats up his friend. Like everybody in Superbad who's not a main character is just kind of a clown. Book Smart starts that way, and it's very generous with these additional characters, folding them into the action, but by the time it's over, and this is kind of a spoiler, it it humanizes every single one of these characters. There is in Booksmart, whereas Superbad is uh, a sarcastic, stoner nerd comedy uh, about humiliation and sexual frustration. Uh, Booksmart wants nothing to do with that. Like there's there's some there's some sexual frustration, <laughs> there's some humiliation, but Booksmart and, and there's some like insulting and sarcasm, but for the most part, Booksmart is an entirely affirmational, affectionate. Loving, approving relationship between these two women, and even the other characters with whom they interact. Um, you know, the the quintessential moment in Superbad is when Jonah Hill picks up Michael Sarah and is lusting over his mom and is talking about his mom's titties. And Michael Sarah's comeback is, and is, yeah, Michael or. Yeah, Michael Sarah's comeback is, well, yeah, at least you got to suck your dad's dick. Like, they're insulting each other with these yeah. really vulgar – and it's funny. Like, it works because you imagine Seth Rogen saying it, and Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah are very good at that. The shtick between Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Deaver in Booksmart is they go overboard complimenting each other. And that's like your stick. He's like, so, you are so <laughs> beautiful. Nope, call the cops. You are too beautiful for me to look at. And it's that's really – it's, it's so good and it's such it's a – It's like a girl version. That's know. what I was going to say, kelly Juan, is I don't know if it's a girl thing versus a dude thing, but it is worth no, noting. It is. It's making but, fun of – Yeah, yeah Booksmart is written by four women and it is directed by a woman. The director is Olivia Wilde and Olivia oh. Wilde gets it. She the, the script that she's given, and I know two of the women screenwriters from previous movies, one of them is a woman who wrote uh, and directed this by Who Dumped Me, and the other one is a woman who wrote a recent comedy with Rebel Wilson called Isn't It Romantic? Um, but these four women who wrote this script, I think that's a lot of what it is, Kelly Wand, is a woman's perspective on this kind of yeah. vulgar coming-of-age comedy. Um, so that immediately and qualitatively separates it, I feel, from uh, uh, Superbad. Uh, We get to see
1: through the lens. We get to, like, since we're guys, we get to see the women's
2: perspective. Well, there's also a difference in the way
0: that
2: they they finally get around in Superbad to telling each other that they love each other.
0: Exactly, and that's kind of the payoff in Superbad, isn't it, Dingus, is it works its way towards that where they can be openly affectionate, and I think they even have to be drunk at that point, right? Yep, Uh, yep. Uh, and, and it sounds like that movie – what was it where
1: the three girls want to have sex and the parents are trying to
0: chase them? blockers. Or no, Blockers. Oops, a cuss. Yeah, Blockers. <laughs> blockers. Well, yeah, Kelly yeah. Won, it
1: sounds like that. Like kind
0: of it's like exactly that, but Blockers also – because, yeah, Blockers also does a great job with the young female characters and not making them just kind of props for the parents to chase around, yeah. humanizing them. Uh, and this, by the way – moralizing. Exactly, right. And then this is the same thing here, too. Is, you know, they're constantly dropping F bombs and they're doing drugs. This is super R rated, by the way. And I love that about it. Uh, But also, they're not stoner nerds. Like, the the characters are overachievers, basically. That's their whole shtick, is that they've been overachievers at school, and so they decide on the last night of of high school. There's funny
1: non stoners.
0: (laughs) Well, there are, but I think we're just so used to that being what uh, teenage comedy is. Right. Uh,. Yeah, is that sort of Seth Rogen approach—the burnouts and stoners? Yeah.
2: So they decide to cut loose instead.
0: That's their whole thing. Is oh my god, we've uh, you you know, we've yeah, exactly. Like we have not let our hair down and partied. So let's let's go to this one party. And it's not too about them, about people humiliating them and embarrassing them and not letting them come to the party. It's a it's a uh, it's a one night adventure where they're trying to get to the party and find out where it is. it's – what's the Martin Scorsese one night in New York thing, Kelly Wand? Griffin uh, Dunn. Hours. After yeah. Hours, exactly. Yeah. It's that same kind of thing. It's one night in Los Angeles more or less, and it's just them trying to get to the party and the adventures they have trying to get to this party. Um, oh, and,
1: with and, cooler characters than After Hours.
0: With cooler – char- well, yeah, yeah. After Hours is like a weird, creepy Scorsese New York thing. Massive guy. Yeah. Um, and, and so where is uh, – Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah are their own thing. What Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Dever reminded me of as I was watching it tonight, I was thinking, Beanie Feldstein is basically what if Tracy Flick wasn't a joke?
2: Like, what oh, if we wow. had a Tracy right. Flick
0: character and we, we saw the movie through her eyes and, and we didn't use her as as a gag, basically. Uh, and that's who Beanie Feldstein's character is. Um, I had a hard time with Caitlin Deaver until halfway through... She's like a young Jodie Foster. Her, her character, by the way, this is her character is is a very out lesbian. Like she's been out for a couple of years, and she's not like dating anyone. She's just frank about the fact that she prefers women. Um, and and she's got a very Jodie Foster determined quality to her, uh, that I just I find really adorable. Uh, in Caitlin Dever, so uh, there's also an actress I want to call out. Kelly Wan, have you seen Scream Queens? No,
1: but everyone's telling – or one person's told me to see it. Like, did, when I you, said I watched Scream, she's like, why didn't you watch Scream Queen? Scream sucks. And I go, yeah, it did kind of suck.
0: Are you keeping up with the latest uh, seasons of American Horror Story?
1: Uh, I'm down by one. I haven't watched
0: Apocalypse. Well, do you know who an actress named Billy Lord is? Yeah, uh, she's
1: in the oh. cult one. Oh, and she's in she's in episode eight of uh, Star Wars. Got
0: help? Right, right. It. She's Carrie Fisher's little sidekick. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, a little she lieutenant. has like chick. kind
1: of a sexy voice. She's yeah. an annoying
0: character on the cult. Well, she's uh, in a. It's everybody, the, the whole the whole cast in in Booksmart is just really solid and good and just attractive and radiant, and magnetic, and they're yeah. all just great. But but uh, in addition to Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Dever, Billy Lord really stands out in Booksmart. Like I, I see her, very memorable it, voice. Yeah, I can see her. But throughout Booksmart, she's really uh, she's really good and really committed to this uh, oddly written part that they have her doing.
1: I'll watch it immediately. Need, but you got, it's like that right it's,
0: it's very much a Kelly Wan movie and it's a Dingus yeah. movie and there aren't many movies that are both but this certainly Ow. is so.
1: They're hard to come by.
2: There's also
0: weird how bad uh, how badly
2: we felt about Bill Hader and Seth Rogen and and where <laughs> Bill Hader is
0: gone. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a different type. Like I feel like at that point he w- he just had to go along with whatever parts he could get, and we hadn't seen like skeleton twins yet or right. anything. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's he's come a long way since since having to uh, be Seth Rogen's sidekick in, in Superbad. Yeah. And talk about uh, co- cock blocking, by the way. We oh right, right. Block his cock. We should help his. Cock. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Book smart. It's fine, and it's free fine. solo. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: all right. aren't we learned men?
0: Let's then do a three-by-three. Three. Dingus, <laughs> what do you have for us this month? All right, this month I have gloves uh, for you. I have a lot of gloves for you. What's that from?
2: Star Wars.
1: What you... All right, <laughs> Ben Vereen. <for rain>. Jesus. <laughs>
2: Uh, These are your favorite gloves in movies Um, I just I uh, uh, Thought about a couple of things And it just This this topic just struck with me So these are gloves in movies
0: Alright well I'll be introducing next month's topic So I'll start us off with my third Favorite gloves in movies And I don't really feel one way or the other About gloves so these are basically instead Just kind of movies that I really like That have gloves that caught my eye uh, and my third favorite is, and this is just a personal thing, I, I love in Road Warrior uh, Max's gloves and how they're all worn out, but you can tell he has very carefully cut off, and this isn't like some of them are the tips of the gloves and their driving gloves are worn out and you, his fingers are sticking through or his knuckles or the side, but you can tell he has cut off consciously the gloves for his right trigger and middle finger so that he can more readily uh, wield his shotgun and I always, as a kid, thought, yeah, that was a cool thing. Like, if I have oh. driving gloves, I'm going to, you know, cut off those fingers. Yeah. Uh, so my third favorite gloves, Road Warrior. Kelly Wand, what are your third favorite gloves in movies? It'd be embarrassing, though, because they have less protection now.
1: So if he loses those fingers. Well,
0: what are you being protected from? Like, you're out in the, out in the outback. It's, it's pretty warm. <laughs> I don't think, it's not, not like enough. Keanu Reeves' suit in John Wick.
1: And it's not like it's a bulletproof glove, huh?
0: Well, it certainly doesn't help him when uh, his car turns over and his dog gets shot. Oh, he loses two dogs. When I was a kid, I thought
1: the dog from Mad Max was the same dog as Rotor.
0: They kill his dog in Mad Max?
1: Yeah, it's hard. To, it's a weird shot of it, though.
0: Um, Man, that's like r- I said. mean, it's bad enough they kill his wife and his child, but his dog, too. Yikes.
1: The wife finds the dog. She's
0: like, oh, you know what? I do uh, vaguely remember uh, that. Right, right.
1: But it looks nothing like the Road Warrior dog. Like, I can't believe I was even that stupid as a kid. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's nothing like. How could I have? Because I couldn't have seen him that far apart. Whatever.
0: Well, it's kind of funny too. Was how very little. Very unperceptive child. <laughs> how little Mel Gibson and Road Warrior looks like Mel Gibson and Mad Max. I
2: yeah. mean, they're
0: obviously the same person, but he's just all clean cut and in, in uh, the original Mad Max, which is just such a weird biker revenge movie him. anyway yeah and they I dubbed died. him exactly yeah yeah
1: so. but the version i saw last he wasn't dubbed and it seems fine like so, i don't know why they dubbed
2: him i'm gonna this. ask a dumb question uh which one's first At so max mad max Pro.
0: mad max was a 70s biker uh gang movie about an a, a cop who uh has to fight some bikers and it was nothing about the apocalypse. Like there might have been hints that society had broken down, but then when George Miller, it must have been like six, eight years later. Kelly, Wand, what's the gap between Mad Max and Road Warrior? Two, three. Oh, really?
1: Tops. Oh, because I think got, of Mad Max as like a got Road Warrior made. Road Warrior I, came out the same day as Blade Runner. It's
0: I think. Crazy. Oh, so eighty-two. Okay, so oh, I think. Wow. I think of yeah. Mad Max as like a seventies movie. Summer. Mad Max is seventy-nine. It very much has the feel of like 70s cinema in Australia, like that Peter Weir came out of. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've seen it recently. It kind of holds up. It's strange because it is 79, and so there's like disco and punk in
0: it. (laughs) Post apocalyptic
1: future, and uh, I forget that like nothing. I thought like all the cops get killed in it, but only one guy does. Like his boss is still alive,
0: and like a bunch of them are. Well, it's not a post apocalyptic movie, is it, Mad Max?
2: It's just a rig. It's just regular, like office, like lethal weapon, but
0: super yeah. R rated. No, it's just yeah. No, it's just they're cops. not real
1: cops. They're like post-apos. yeah, they are. Like,
0: they're the pursuit oh. force.
1: They're normal. Yeah, is that a real thing?
0: Well, it's like highway patrol. It's like the difference Uh-oh. between LAPD and in the uh, like <clears throat> uh, California Highway Patrol, right?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember now if there was something at the beginning like, oh yeah, there's no fuel anymore. But that's at the beginning of Road Warrior, right?
0: Road Warrior has all the the. So it's, it's got, a
1: franchise about a character who's not even in a post-apocalypse, but he lives through an apocalypse that happens anyway, arbitrarily. Well, so that's what I, that's what I'm saying the about the difference.
0: difference. Like, yeah, that's Char- what I'm Death saying about wish the difference.
1: Two was post-apocalyptic.
0: Well, that's exactly what it is. It's the time difference in the the uh, genre Hard difference. Hard to tell between with Australia
1: because Australia always looks
0: post-apocalyptic, so yeah, that's why I can't tell. Did it get that way because it. it got nuked, or was it that way already? So, it's the first this movie, is as I recall, had, no- had nothing to do with an apocalypse. Uh, and then the second movie, they decide to just make it. it completely like it was a it was a, a it was a lawless society in that it was overrun by a biker gang, but it wasn't an apocalypse. And Road Warrior, a complete post-apocalypse. Uh, there's no cops anywhere. You know, there's Mad no Max. cities anymore. Um, there are cities the end, in Mad Max, like. You,
1: no, there's... Yeah, there are. Ships. There's, what there's city totally in cities
0: in Mad Max. Name one. When so does is you go city? So is it uh, more like um, RoboCop then? Uh, as far as
2: Detroit being... Tom's sort of not...
1: This... Ro- like, it's very... Like, I... But I just saw it, and I remember thinking, wait, this... Uh, this takes place after an apocalypse, but I forget why I thought that. It's like we know what, Kelly One you've
0: seen it more recently than me, so I would take your word for it. I haven't seen Mad Max in dog's ears. I've but I, then I watched
1: Road Warrior right after it and I'm getting it mixed up in my head. And um at the at the end of Mad Max though, he uses gasoline as a weapon to kill and torture the wood biker guy. So that's an interesting like and in Road Warrior, he's looking for fuel, like you're out of fuel. He's he can't do his signature move anymore because of the pocket.
2: <laughs> well, I wonder what the time difference is story wise. I understand that you said Yeah, uh, because he comes looks way out.
1: older and he has white hair. And in Road Warrior, his his uh, all of his wounds garnered in Mad Max are reflected in how he walks and dresses. Like well, his yeah, left, like he gets shot in the in his left leg and that's like his he wears like that harness
0: on his left it's a brace, yeah. He's got a brace, oh. and oddly enough, they even have yeah. Tom Hardy use the brace in in uh, Fury Road, which is kind of a reboot anyway. Um, so we have to pretend that Tom Hardy the, was Mad
2: Max. Does he have the? Is it what is it? The V8 Interceptor? What is it that he drives? It's
0: the last of the V8 Interceptors in. Uh, I don't. I don't it's think a, it's called that in Mad Max because in Mad Max there's a couple of them. They're yellow even. Uh, but what? But they, they were. Yeah, it's like a bright yellow police car. <laughs> um and in, yeah <laughs> in road warrior they refer to it as the last of the v8 interceptors i that's don't think that's why i think that's
1: it's in is because the police cars look so weird and they all and the cops all wear leather like there's just seems something kind of cultish about it
0: well it's, it's australia.
1: australia i know yeah, see okay. that's the thing it's a real compliment to that continent and culture that we can't tell
0: if they've been But you say it holds up because I recall – I'm surprised it holds up. Like I'd recall it just kind of being overlong and meandering and eventually a terrible thing happens and he gets revenge. And that that feels like the last part of the movie.
1: I mean whether it's apocalyptic or not, Australia seemed fascinating to me in a picnic of Hanging Rock kind of way when I was watching it.
0: Like I was just like, God
1: damn, look at that fucking – this is where he lives. Right. And he was like – they go on vacation. It's more Australia. There's just like space and –
0: like it's so empty. Kelly Wynn's obviously not a post-apocalypse if people are going on vacation. You can't have a vacation <laughs> to post-apocalypse. I mean, he
1: gets a girlfriend, and he goes to a bar, and there's a singer. Like, they're not going, oh, we're dying. We have a radiation sickness. was <laughs> in Road Warrior, they're, like, stuck inside a fortress <laughs>
0: made Wait, out he gets of school a buses. he has got a wife Mad and Max.
1: child. Yeah, he's got a wife and kid. Yeah. In Mad Max.
0: But and they get. That's hurt. They get murdered at the
1: end.
2: Yeah. Are they? Is is that one by George Miller too? Yeah. yeah.
1: And these, it doesn't happen. They don't get murdered till like a long, like the last half hour almost. Like a lot of it's bad. Max is driving
0: around, hanging out with. Yeah, strangers. exactly. Well, it's establishing these bikers and tow cutter and all that nonsense. And they're
1: post apocalyptic. Uh australia talk i'm
0: pretty sure they're pre-apocalyptic <laughs> i'm pretty sure that judge
1: Dredd knew the bomb was in cersei when he dropped her i'm pretty uh, sure
0: you have no recollection of sure. how that actually went down
1: <laughs> i'm I pretty sure john wick and iron man are both following rules these are the
0: rules i'm pretty sure captain america is has no moral leg to stand on
1: I'm pretty sure the dude uh, Drake <laughs>
0: half and half. I'm pretty sure started. that was buttermilk. Kelly wand.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure they microwaved ahead and Batman's dead. And um... I'm pretty sure that
0: Michael Fassbender said "try harder" in Prometheus. <laughs> uh, fuck. Fingers help. Can't let him win. Well, I, Kelly wand. In
2: I'm that sorry, case. Sorry, I just love the the, the term pre-apocalyptic. <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's that's where we're living. In. Yeah, we're now living in a pre-apocalyptic society. Now
1: we're now we're living through apocalypse. <laughs> no, right, right. apocalyptic yeah. is the '50s now. Ironically.
0: Well, Kelly Wand, your oh, yeah, number three is Jesus your third favorite glove, right? In a movie. Let's talk about Mad Max on a
1: glove podcast <laughs> for an hour. Uh, my number three is uh motion picture, Fight Club, when that comes out of a room where he's having sex with Helena Bottom Carter and he goes, the things that come out of her mouth and then she goes, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school which apparently Helena Bottom Carter didn't know what that meant, she thought it meant high school she's from England so she <laughs> thought what the line that she, was upset. she went, what, that's disgusting but she wasn't thinking that when she said the line so it kind of makes the line even funnier because she says it really passionately but apparently in the book the line is I want to have your abortion I want to have your abortion, yeah and so the studio's chief's like, that's disgusting. You got to change that. And then uh, Chuck Balaniac said, all right, if I change it, you have to keep that line, whatever it is. And so he changed it to that. And they were super pissed at him. <laughs> what? That's even worse. You fucking. But the point is, Brad Pitt's putting on like a welding glove to go like no, a giant. Not. No, not. No, this it's is my just number a dishwasher two. It's glove.
2: It's a dishwasher glove. Uh, okay, my. And mind. you know what Liney says
0: when he comes at when he opens the door. Do you want to take a turn? No, he yeah. says, oh. You wanna you wanna finish her off? Finish her off, right?
2: <laughs> and, That's he number two? and she and says, Who okay. are you talking to, right? Yeah. And yeah. he snaps the glove and I just yeah. and I love those 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 yellow rubber gloves that uh that you would wear if you did a lot of dishwashing. Yeah. Um and you're just wondering what the hell are you do. There's doing? no line about it.
1: like a lesser movie. Would there would have been a line about the glove? But, oh, that's a, that's just back dressing to their dialogue. It's
0: great. No, he, he wearing... just holds
2: up his hand wearing this this huge yellow glove and says, "You want you to want finish to her turn... off?
0: You want to finish her off? Is oh, that so glove good. in the scene where he does the Tyler Durden's kiss thing with the lie on Edward Norton's hand? Like is he wearing those gloves when he does that? No, because he show, he shows his hand. Ah right,
2: okay because he doesn't wear a glove to put lie on his why glove. would you do this like and he Chris and he glove. shows his hand he's like he's got the same scar and and that he got out. that
1: from fucking helena bonham carter
0: <laughs> no that's their that's their id thing for no, the space monkeys oh, st- oh okay st- <laughs> still a little meryl streep um yeah okay well, what i sure. like in that scene well, that where is. uh where he's got the the ju- so what is it he pours lie on his hand and then pours vinegar on it to neutralize the lye and stop the pain? Is that right. what that whole shtick is?
2: Yeah, because it's an acid and a base. Okay. And and if you put water on it, it'll just make it worse. And he's like, you just have to deal with this. You If you put water on this, it's going to be worse. Deal with the pain. You're in the moment right now. Uh, I, I watched this this week because I, I really love that scene. This is one of the reasons I chose this topic. Um, I was really – I just really love – uh the way that the juxtaposition of these two characters works even though it's not really two characters of course but i just love that him showing up with these rubber gloves these bright yellow rubber gloves and going you want to finish her off and and as you said tom her going who are you talking to
0: yeah because at that point right that's where before we know before we're seeing it through before we understand like what she's perceiving. Like, right I would have liked there. her
1: to yeah. watch the lie scene and see it from her eyes. Okay, so like what we wrote the, li-
0: <laughs> the lie scene it, uh, is he pours the, the lie on Edward Norton's hand, and then he gets the big old jug of vinegar. And I seem to recall, doesn't he do a cool thing where he like flips the lid off with his thumb? Yeah, yep. Yeah, and it just goes flying yeah. away. And I, I always thought, I, I want to do that with a jar. But then I'm thinking, well, then you got to go find the lid. Like, you don't know yeah. where it's going to roll <laughs> off to. So I'm thinking, does he then... Like, does he go – after the scene cuts, does he have to go find where the lid rolled off to? Because it's a cool gesture, but yeah, – You not, nerd.
1: You, Stop thinking about it.
0: <laughs> you got to put it's the cap right? back on the vinegar. Oh, my glasses gonna get... fell off. I get hurt. <laughs>
2: Watson, I've lost my lid. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that is a cool thing the, to do. Let's finish well, the bottle.
0: Given the state oh, of the so. house, I don't think he cares about any of those types of yeah. things. If you lived in that house, is it on Paper Street, whatever? If you lived in that yeah. house, you'd have to be super careful about like taking jars off shelves because the lids might not have been put back on correctly. I do kind of live right. in
1: that house now. <laughs> I kind of live. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. So where are we, Dingus? And it's <clears throat> your, so that was your second favorite glove. What's a glove that's not quite as good as that? All right, so my third favorite glove... Because, Kelly One, your third is Dingus' second. I see, right, right. Math.
1: I get it.
2: So my third is... Here's a bit of dialogue from it. Boyfriend? So how do you guys... We're still working on that. So this is from X2, X-Men United. Uh... (laughs) I don't even know which one this is. All right, so... (laughs) Dude, but
1: I'm trying to figure out who says that line.
0: Uh, oh, it's well, Rogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rogue and uh, whoever uh, she's dating. Wolverine. Right. Oh, I like right. this dingus. Yeah. OK. Even though superheroes so, are X-Men dumb, I like fine. this one. Yeah. So uh, the
2: the dialogue the is, movie. is between Iceman and Wolverine, of course. Oh. Uh, but the glove moment is uh, when the fire dude is attacking all the police officers outside Iceman's
0: house. And he's just having he's just. And raptured why are you calling him fire dude doesn't he have a name you should know this yeah i should but i don't uh kelly one who's fire dude in x-men uh havoc havoc okay
2: no
1: wait fire dude in x-men
2: x-men 2 yeah johnny flame i doubt that i mean phoenix
1: and it has I can't remember. Who are we talking about? I thought. No. Isn't it first Havoc, class? Is the fire
2: guy? Havoc's, Havoc's the guy who shoots stuff out of his chest. People like right. this conversation. Um. The, I, I, I remember th- fire guy next to the the Sorry. fire. The fire guy is the guy who's constantly uh, like clicking the lighter, and he ends up joining. Pyro.
0: Yeah. Pyro. All right. Good. Uh, Wait. I just made that up. Guy? Is that are you? You were kidding. It is not really Pyro. I bet you're right. I, oh, my I, God. I bet you dollars to donuts. You're right about that. <laughs> yeah, that I, I made right. that up. Actually, I might have subconsciously known that, but I, I'm pretty sure, – I felt like I made that up. All right, Pyro. You can name an X-Man, Tom. So he's <laughs> – uh, so um,
2: – Their wheelhouse. They, they go to Iceman's house, and they're having this, this conversation Ice with – With Iceman's family, Ice Icehouse, and, and, and it's that whole uh, homosexual subtext where the mom's like, can't you – have you ever tried not to be a mutant? Uh, And the brother goes upstairs (laughs) to call the police because the brother's just a douchebag. And the police all show up, and Pyro, if that is indeed his name, uh, goes outside and says, you know, you've heard of all those, uh, of the um, dangerous mutants. Well, I'm the worst. And then he just starts burning all of the police cars and all of the policemen around Mm -hmm. them. And he's just taking. It's it's clear that it's exhilarating to him to finally unleash his power, and uh, and attack these people. And so Rogue is lying next X-Men. to him on the deck, and you know she she wears gloves because her power is that she she sucks the energy out of anybody she touches, and she can't. They're having a hard time in their relationship. She and Iceman because. They can't touch each other because if she does, she'll kill him. Uh, And so what she does in that moment in order to stop Pyro, if that is indeed his name, from murdering all these policemen is to take these long gloves off that uh, that were Iceman's grandmother's gloves, I believe. And they're 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 really long gloves. They go up beyond the elbow. And she she peels this glove off. Uh, and puts her hand on his ankle uh, in order to drain his power from him not to kill him but to to get him to just stop doing this and i really i just love that moment i love that moment where she grabs his ankle she realizes i have to do this and she peels the glove off and grabs this ankle and so yeah x-men 2 suck it kelly wand
0: What if she touches Wolverine? Because he doesn't have – he just has like healing powers and an adamantium skeleton. What would it do?
1: Yeah, so she can touch him because then she turns adamantium and he just gets tired for a little bit.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough. It's like
1: having sex kind (laughs)
0: of. Well, there is a
2: moment where he uh, basically accidentally kills her. Um, And then he he heals
1: her with his kiss.
2: Well, Quite, well, right? he, he lets her touch him to take his healing power so that she can heal. I mean oh. she she wakes up. He, she wakes him up, and he's having a nightmare, and he, you know, adamantiums her, uh, which would would kill her, um, and he allows that she's going to take some of his healing power from him so that she can still live.
1: I remember when those were the only superhero movies
2: x-men <laughs> i i totally i to, i love those early x-men movies i do too uh and
1: they, they, it's we owe it to them all this all infinity war and everything came from came out of those because yeah. everyone all right wait
2: and x-men united People is like actually super groups just a joy to watch because it's just got some really great stuff in it and really it's weird. the last stuff. good one and brian cox is in
0: it you remember apocalypse that? can't be that bad <sighs> <it>? What? <laughs> I Oculus dodged that bullet. That you guys bad. had to ah, you guys had to see Apocalypse.
1: <laughs> you weren't there for that?
0: I was not. I got out of that one. Yeah.
1: It's Oscar Isaac wearing blue paint. Sign me
0: there up. I yeah. I want to see that. Right. He's gonna be the lad in the hair. He just walks around really slow is his power in that movie. Is Pyro in X Men Apocalypse? Uh, hmm.
1: Now they're all in
0: it's fucking stupid. I hate whatever.
1: Yay. Do you remember right.
2: that Ka- that Cameron Bright was in the Brett Ratner one? Who is he?
1: Oh, oh, is he the little kid that
2: he, Professor
1: yeah, yeah. X goes into? Oh. That's the thing. All that happened is Professor X got destro- killed in X Men Three by Phoenix, right? Right. Yes. And then he's he's in that little kid. He's in Cameron. He's in uh, what you call it? Cameron Bright. Yeah,
2: I know. I was trying to remember his orson oh. scar. But, uh, I don't remember, but what Cameron Bright's power is that he just he basically. Uh, takes away your mutant powers when you're around him. I think. Um,
1: I like in the uh, the autistic guy in X Men too. They just leave him to die, in the, in the where those rocks falling. That's cool.
2: Well,
0: like
1: that. Get out of here! Cause enough trouble.
0: Anyway, <laughs> X Men. Tom, ready? All right, X Men. My second favorite glove in a movie. It's a. Uh, it's like the the Fight Club. Love. Uh, it's the pink love in the beginning of uh, Withnail and I, where they decide they're going to clean up the, the kitchen, and they're just freaking out, and they're burned out on drugs, and they haven't eaten, and they're destitute, and it's cold, and uh, and so it, they, they freak out and decide they're going to clean the kitchen, and uh, Paul McGann starts reaching into the, the sink. And Richard E. Grant is like, nope, hold on, get the gloves, never attempt anything without gloves. He gives him the pink (laughs) gloves. And then the pink gloves later feature in the scene, it cuts to later where Richard E. Grant, I I don't know if he, he's like half naked, he's rubbing toothpaste all over his body to get warm. Um, And he then puts on one of the gloves to keep himself warm and then forgets about his other hand and just does the rest of the scene with the one pink dish glove on his hand. Uh, and it just, it makes no sense, and it looks ridiculous, and it's just that early bit of with Nail and I before they escape out into the country, uh, and the pink glove is featured prominently. Oh, the scene where he's saying, I demand to have some booze, like, that's, that's the, that's a quintessential Richard E. Grant line, and he delivers it with a coat open, wearing underwear, slathered in toothpaste, wearing one pink glove, so... There you go, uh, with nail and die. We'll have all the wines available to humanity. We'll have them here, <laughs> we'll have them now. Then the finest, he's he's the not wearing wine. yeah, he's not wearing the pink glove at that point. Yeah. So yeah. That's a metaphor. Let's go down there and have sex with those cows? <laughs> Kelly Wand, what is your second favorite glove in a movie?
1: Uh, this is an exciting one. Mm-hmm. In Fire in the Sky, <laughs> uh the guy, the Hillbilly Truck Man. Um, gets captured by aliens and the aliens put him in like a giant body glove that like gets tighter out of it's made out of latex and then it like covers
2: his mouth and <sighs> his whole body so he's like stuck onto a table.
1: Dingus, are, are you accepting this as a it's, glove? It's rubber. Have you seen the scene? Come on Dingus.
2: No I haven't seen the scene. I, th- I think you're making it Body up.
1: glove? What? Tom you can vouch for me that the scene exists. Mm-hmm. Well, I was nervous yeah.
2: that you were going to choose condoms so the, I'm fine with this.
0: It's like a body condom.
1: Yeah, I went, oh, I transcended condoms, dingus, to take in the whole body.
0: I it's transcended body condoms.
2: <laughs> What's uh, that guy's name,
0: Travis? Not Condoms is a good topic, though. I might use that. That's good work. Hey, what? What is the guy's name in Fire in the Sky? He's played by D.B. Sweeney, but he's, a, he's an actual fellow who claimed he was kidnapped. And and really, probably what happened is you read between, between the lines. What?
1: Cletus McTandrens?
0: No, Travis, something. You read between the lines in these accounts, and obviously something happened where his buddies beat him up and left him out in the forest, and there was some drunkenness involved, and they made up this story. Like, this isn't the story (laughs) they tell, but if you read the story that they tell, not the one that was made into this alien abduction yeah. horror movie you can be like no nah, these are just a bunch of drunk lumberjacks who- that's always true communion's like that too if you even read
1: like communion right. in the book and communion in the movie like in the book they come and go hey man these crystals like they're these little
0: egyptian guys they're not right. even aliens well that's the thing is yeah yeah whitley striber's just a he's a, a fiction writer and you decide oh and just mothman's
1: really bullshit happens. too tom
0: <laughs> i know <laughs> Mothman right
1: prophecies is fucking lies
0: i think it was norman greenbaum i don't know who that is <laughs> The ones that the get biggest. me are like the super early ones, like Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. Uh, like, but you know that what, one, could, there's some yeah. like rich metaphorical stuff going on with that one. The whole issue with racism and there are mixed, yeah, mixed race, race UFO. Yeah. Victims. Yeah. Like, who knows what thing, those poor people were suffering from? Uh,
1: and that's considered one of the most legit ones. Right. They were like, it's, these guys would make a UFO story, and right. then, um, but they just sounded a little weird, like. The thing too that like convinces me that I love UFO abductions, Tom. You know me. I love like any found footage of UFO abduction stuffs. Awesome. But uh-huh. I don't. I don't believe in it. I just think it's awesome for fictional reasons. Sure. Yeah. But I love it as a fictional device and like the idea of it. But uh, the thing that always makes me go, "It's such horseshit to even believe in it. Like it's as stupid as astrology." Is when uh, <laughs> Betty Hill goes. They always go. And we saw a map. They showed us a star map. And then I think it looked like this. And they go, this is what uh, we experts have taken what Betty Hill drew from her recovered memory. And it's obviously that these aliens came from Zeta Reticuli. Because look, the star map looks exactly like this. And it's like, A, I don't think aliens would have a map in their fucking ship. All right. I guess something <laughs> Carl Pilkington would say and B, star. Come on. What constellations? And why would they show her- everyone? And she doesn't know anything. Did
0: you ever see Fourth Kind? That stupid yeah, uh, it mockumentary? Sucks.
1: Yeah, I yeah. hate it. It's the worst. I was so looking forward to it, but they blend it with real.
0: Right, right. Bitch. They try They do a mockumentary thing. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: the worst. And I aliens? thought it was going to be a really terrifying because it's like there's something to do with owls. Like they, it's like that's the suppressed memories what they think are owls are really crazy. The aliens. Right, not, yeah. The movie that you liked more than me was Dark Skies, but I'll take Dark Skies over. Oh sure,
0: well yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Do you remember
2: uh, that Prometheus has alien maps in it? Yes, They find them in a cave.
1: Exactly. That's how stupid it is. Ridley Scott and Betty Hill are like a fucking chromosome. (laughs) (laughs) Try harder, both of you. Especially you, Betty Hill. (laughs) Betty Hill was like, even in her last day, she's like, Yeah, I see aliens every day now, man. They're always coming over. Just look up in the sky, man. That's where they are. All right. And she said, one of her things that I like, though, is that she goes... They really liked Barney. Barney had false teeth, and the aliens were really into that. Like, oh, what? <laughs> that false teeth? Really? Like, and that almost made me believe the rest of it. Like, and there's another alien that uh, made pancakes. for some guy, <laughs> and also the 1890s airship guys who go, "We're going. T- we're- we came from anywhere, but we- we'll be in France tomorrow." I like those 1890s aliens. Okay,
0: whose turn is that? Alright, we're, we're now up to our very favorite Gloves in movies uh, <laughs> This just gets to the fact that You take any, any Stanley Kubrick movie And you just scratch the surface And there's going to be just so much more underneath it uh, I was thinking of Peter Sellers' glove And Dr. Strangelove And he's just randomly got the, the black glove on uh, And just on Wikipedia I'm just going to read you what I discovered It makes me This makes this my favorite Glove in a movie Um Peter Sellers' Love* takes from uh, the uh, uh, Metropolis, the Fritz Lang, Fritz Lang Metropolis, super early movie, has a character named Rotwang in it. It says, Peter Sellers' Dr. Strangelove takes from Rotwang the single black-gloved hand which in Rotwang's case is mechanical because of a lab accident and the wild hair, and most importantly, his ability to avoid being controlled by political power. According to Alexander Walker, Sellers improvised Dr. Stranger's laps into the the Nazi salute, borrowing one of Kubrick's black leather gloves. Dr. Stranger apparently, uh, oh, and Kubrick wore these gloves on the set to avoid being burned (laughs) when handling hot lights. Uh, And Sellers, recognizing the connection to the character Metropolis, was like, I want that. So I just love that detail that Peter Sellers on the set, you know, for what it, he takes a glove from Stanley Kubrick. It's like I'm just gonna wear this and do the scene. Uh, so that's my favorite uh, glove, and apparently Stanley Kubrick used it to hang lights. So wait a minute. So that
2: the same size glove? I've never it like heard OJ that. And... So is it is all that weird like mechanical hand stuff
0: improvised? Um, it's, according to this, uh, it's sourced on, uh, Wikipedia, according to some guy who wrote a book, yes, yes, but I mean, you you know, these, that's how these things that are apocryphal get passed down, is someone recounts it in a book, um, I, I would be surprised if that were the case, Dingus, but this one guy says, yeah, it was improvised, uh, and that the glove was borrowed, and I don't know if that's true, uh, I would like to believe it is, and it just makes me like that glove all the more. That's a good one. I didn't even think of that one.
1: It's so weird because that humor is the first humor like that in the whole movie, where it's like physical comedy.
0: Mm, I don't know. The Sterling mm-hmm. Hayden getting Coca Cola sprayed in his face is pretty physical comedy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and the the pie fight that they cut that would have been <laughs> pretty blatant physical comedy. And there's yeah. no fighting in the war room? I mean, come on. No, Dinkus, no, that that you could read straight. I love that that could work. Like, that's not – that make, he's saying something that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's only outrageous, like, at another level that wouldn't occur to them. I love that line. It's not at all like Sterling Hayden getting – and I hate Sterling Hayden getting coke sprayed in his face, by the way. I would do a fan edit of Dr. <laughs> Strange Love and not have that in there.
2: So, uh, but george c scott is totally over the top I mean, well that's that yeah he's yeah, like he's channeling
0: Patton being insane yeah right yeah. uh my point. but it's, it's totally <laughs> over the top but it's not it's not wacky like like hee-haw comedy like spraying oh, okay. coke in the face yeah okay i see the what war you're room
1: about. thing is like a writer's client. like that's the writer's contribution
0: well, and also you could like you could colors. show you could show someone that war room line and not tell them that it's a joke, and if they're not like paying close attention, it might not even occur to them. like that that yeah. line makes perfect sense and it doesn't play like a punchline or a joke. Uh, it's basically saying, hey, you can't fight in here. This is too nice of a place for that. And it's like the it's just irony. It's like dramatic irony uh, in in this one line. Uh, that the fact that you're right makes me sad because
1: it's dumb people who never get. Right. The irony is like that, and right. then you're always like, oh. <laughs> and that's what leads to things being done.
0: But, <laughs> well, Kelly Wan, it is now time for your favorite glove in all of moviedom. What do you got for us?
1: I don't know. I'm really torn. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> None
0: taken. Uh, one's, one's kind of you kind
1: of scooped mine a little, but With all right, Dr. I'll just save the other for an alternate. I have a good alternate. Yeah, Doctor Strangelove, because mine's kind of similar to Doctor Strangelove, which is the. Um, That's okay. And it's really ripping it off too, so I'll I admit that, but it, I think it rips it off really well. Which mm-hmm. is the cop in Young Frankenstein. It's fucking, he has like a metal hand in his glove, and it's like clockwork. Like you, you pick a loud, stu- it's the funniest you can be with a glove. Like there's a glove in Robin Hood Men in Tights where. He slaps him in the face with a glove, and then Robin Hood picks up like a gauntlet and slaps him back. That's not that funny. The young Frankenstein glove with the cop is good because it implies a prosthetic hand. Yeah, Kenneth Mars. And also, I think he sets it on fire to light his cigar, and then he douses it in a goldfish bowl. He
2: also does this weird dartboard thing where he... Where he yeah. like just stabs all the darts into the bullseye and then does a click with his with his thumb.
1: Yeah, that's kind of broad. But doesn't he stick the darts in his hand too, or something? I
2: don't remember.
1: And then all the Gene Wilder's darts are in his tire.
2: Oh, I don't all remember right. that either. It's been a long time since I've seen uh, Young Frankenstein, but I remember Kenneth Mars pretty well because I watched What's Up Doc uh, fairly recently. And he's in that playing a similar dopey character.
1: There's a few. I get What's Up Doc and What's New Pussycat mixed up. Cause they both start with, with what's. And they're what's, in the 60s movies.
2: What's Up Doc is Barbra Streisand and... Um, Ryan O'Neal? Ryan O'Neal. Very good. Thanks, Tom.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And so there is... Why did you go?
1: Uh-huh? <laughs> I don't in know. Barbara Streisand movie? I've and never even his,
2: seen it. I haven't seen it. His character's name is Hugh... And the the judge is like, alright what who are you? I, I am you. You're me? I am you. Make him stop that. So it's just a weird gag.
0: Who directed yeah. What's Up Doc? Is that Blake Edwards? Mike Nichols. Oh, okay. Huh. No, I'm just guessing. I'm just throwing, just I would off. have believed that. Dingus, who do you think?
2: Who do I think directed What's Up
0: Doc? Yeah. I'm guessing Blake Edwards. Kelly One says Mike Nichols. What's your guess?
2: Uh, my guess is Peter Bogdanovich is it true yeah oh check I him out it would have been totally fine if he
1: said no I love <laughs> I
2: love that movie I just love I love what's up doc it's just such a dopey movie Did
1: people say it in the movie is there a doctor and is there a Bugs Bunny like Bugs Bunny was saying that before that so it's like having a movie called that's what she said
0: <laughs> I I I bu- <laughs>
1: No offense, 1960s filmmakers. Uh, but I,
2: I believe I Barbara Streisand says it because Ryan O'Neal is a doctor, but I'm not sure. So. Hmm. And she
1: wants to know what's up with them.
2: Yeah. All right. But she's she's kind of a con. Sounds lady. like a
1: rom com. Sounds like they should just have sex and that's the it's end
2: of it. It's a rom com, but in the in the in the kindest possible sense. It's just she's so luminous. And Ryan O'Neal is such a ding dong, and so taken with her, and for good reason. Uh, it's just it's it's a wonderful movie to watch, and it's written by uh, by Buck Henry. Um, oh,
0: Heaven Can uh, Wait. Yeah, I prefer Barbara Streisand's work in The Guilt Trip. Yeah, Reagan. her earlier funnier work. <laughs> well, Dingus, it's down to you. What's your favorite glove in a movie? If it's not Fight Club. Uh...
2: All right, so here's a quote from it. Uh, From now on, every word out of your mouth is the truth or I'm going to hurt you. And this is from the movie Drive. Um, These are my favorite gloves. His driving gloves are – That's
1: right, dig this. That's right. Yep. I wore gloves at First Man also. Don't forget. It's kind of my thing. (laughs) Got to keep your hands safe. That's what I stand for. Fuck you, Moonlight. (laughs) <laughs> thanks ryan <Bye. laughs>
2: so he wears these great leather driving gloves and um and i did a little research on driving gloves just for what it's worth uh i mean they used to have to be used because of uh because of the griminess of cars and and like how you had to crank start cars and how dirty they were and whatnot um but drivers uh, of high-performance vehicles now use them because they grip the wheel better. And he's got these driving gloves that have these holes on his knuckles that just and and for me, uh, there are a couple moments where where you just see him, and I'm, I'm going to post a couple of gifts because. Uh, Chris Marketson made them for me, uh where he's where he grips the wheel, where he puts the watch on the on the on the steering wheel, and you just hear the, the the creak of the leather of the gloves. Uh and then there's this moment when he's in the uh motel room and this is my favorite moment with the gloves. Um where he's in the in the motel room with Christina Hendricks uh after they've done this this heist that's going to be a disaster. Where he takes the gloves out of his pocket and slowly puts them on, um, and then goes over to her and says this line that I just said, where he holds her down and says, You're going to, from now on, uh, every word out of your mouth is the truth, or I'm going to hurt you. And he bunches his fist with this glove, and his other hand is on her throat, uh, his other gloved hand. Um, and he just holds his fist over her face wearing this glove that has these holes over the knuckles. Uh, and I just, I love those gloves. I, you know, if, if I were a, I mean, I drive quite a bit, uh, but if I were a, a driving glove person, uh, I remember buying driving gloves for my stepdad for father's day at some point when I was a kid, um, you know, because we lived in Colorado and it was cold, and I thought he would like them uh but I just love them. I think they're just so cool, they're so sexy they're so and the sound of them and the 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 sound design of this movie is amazing uh but just the sound of the creak of the of that of that vinyl or leather or whatever they're made out of uh and this is something I said when we did our podcast for drive uh just i, I just I find that a total. Uh, I uh, I just find it a turn on. I just like that that. I mean, what if it's, it's Spencer really, really Clark cool.
1: treat wearing those gloves? Yeah, yeah he's got a hot yeah. body
0: according to Dingus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He can wear those gloves anywhere.
1: So you like
2: leather? I don't. <laughs> Either one, as long as it's making noise. I so. just love the sound of it. It's it, you mean, if you watch it, if you watch the movie again, and it's a joy to watch that movie. It's just. It's such a weird um it's it's such a weird thoughtful movie for as violent and brutal as it becomes uh that those little moments and I don't know if you guys remember the the moment in the elevator of course. And, i mean there's so many things in that movie that just work so well, but I love that he's you know from the very beginning he's got those driving gloves on because. You know he's got that that job that he has.
1: He needed Uh, more armor for his stomach. That's the problem. It's overprotected in one area.
2: Yeah, and priorities. And I forgot how good Albert Brooks is in it. Oh my God, Albert Brooks is really menacing. Uh, And Bryan Cranston is really. uh, Oh right, he's the mechanic, buddy. Yeah, strangely vulnerable because he's he's been broken, uh, literally. He's, been, he's had his leg broken because of something wrong he did uh, in the past, um, and he, but he runs this garage. He fixed up this Impala uh, that's just the most popular car in California, but he put 300 horsepower in it or something. Um,
1: just like Max Uh
2: Last
1: <laughs> of the uh, Impalas.
0: Man, Another I, leather I, vinyl. I just Man. freaking love that movie and I love those gloves. Dingus, what gloves do the listeners have as their favorites?
1: What happened to Carrie Mulligan? I've seen her forever. Mm, yes. In
0: Education. Alright, so first we have Jeff Turner. Remember the lighting, the rain scenes in, in An Education. Yeah, yeah Dingus yeah, does a track nice. for him. <laughs>
1: Wait, rain <laughs> doesn't track for Dingus. I'll
2: watch so. the watch the life if you watch Drive Again,
0: watch the lighting in it. Oh well, yeah and the, nicholas in Refn, of course yeah.
2: yeah the weird way he he does this fantasy lighting almost not only in the elevator scene but also just as the characters emerge and you you just see like half his face half of ryan gosling's face <laughs> um
0: it's just it's so stylistic and beautiful he really knows what he's doing. I i like recommend a little movie to you called Neon Demon that maybe you didn't appreciate enough the first time you saw it. I I'm
1: not in that one. Fuck that movie.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just it's just
0: with no <laughs> any men in it. It's
2: not first man.
1: <laughs> it's first ladies. Not interested. Thank you.
2: Do you guys well, remember well, Keanu Reeves in Neon about. Demon? Oh yeah, the he was the apartment man or the yeah, motel the, yeah the motel manager, yeah. Yeah, oh god, I forgot that. Not such a nice guy. Yeah. All I can think about is the eyeball.
1: Remember okay. Candy Reeves and Bad Batch? I mean yeah. What? Nothing. Or for Tom.
0: That's the thing is you wouldn't even know it was him, yeah. No, I don't because I keep forgetting you can't even tell that's him.
1: Remember when I said Jim Carrey's in it? And you go, yeah and I go, Who? And you go, the
2: guy looks like Jim Carrey. <laughs> And I went, <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that the one where Jim
0: Carrey doesn't get to speak at all? Correct. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. what threw me off.
0: Right. Because normally he's so manic that, you, you know, if you can have a mute character, you wouldn't cast Jim Carrey. He's acting Jim with Carrey. his face. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like
1: if he was an ape in 2001. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <never
0: mind. laughs> what? Tom hates Keanu Reeves in that movie. But I, I just think it's, I, it's not a good use of him. I think that's what we're going to look yeah, in Bill and Ted They're trying character. to make him like a weird Jim Jones kind of character and I'm not sure it really works. Yeah.
1: I'm worried he's going to be singing a lot in Bill
2: and Ted 3. The Jim like, Jones character.
0: Oh, who's the uh, who's the Waco guy that you love so much? That is Taylor Kitsch. Oh, Taylor that, Kitsch. Well, David yeah. Koresh is the character, the leader I'm of the... Karen on the stick
1: with Tom Licks.
0: <laughs> but Taylor Kitsch, you want to talk about a hot body, let me tell you guys about Woo. Taylor Kitsch.
1: <laughs> Get out of here, Sam Worthington. <laughs>
0: hmm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: all right all right i so jeff,
1: apologize for jeff everything.
2: turner's number three is videodrome
1: oh tom <laughs> the movie what? tom's too dumb to understand <laughs> videodrome. that
0: is the tagline for it stupid right. tom
2: stupid uh, tom
1: it should say on the box
2: so jeff turner says the flesh gun that james woods takes out of his tummy yeah he uses the word right. tummy which That's subsequently grows into and over his hand Old gave choice. nightmares when I was when I saw it on late night TV when I was waiting. Dingus,
0: it's not a glove. Don't don't fall for this one, Dingus. With I it. can't speak to it, so I don't know. It's not a glove.
1: Uh, you didn't make him watch
0: video, drone, Tom. Mm, I wouldn't do that Wait, to him. You're benched. <laughs> Jesus, it's not a He's flesh glove. James uh, Woods, by the way, I can't take. He of a tumor. Yeah, I, I James Woods. There's too much baggage now that goes with him. It's not a tumor. Out of tumor. Uh you get you can't live your life
1: like that, Tom. There's just two, I know. I just I'm dark, using it it's a dar- dark I'm, I'm using it, it as an
0: excuse to shoot down video drum.
1: <laughs> yeah, you use it when you,
0: you I'm still okay I, with that John Carpenter Vampire movie.
1: That one's okay. I feel okay. like you have you have a system where it's like if I if this one thing is always equivalent to this other thing, like I can use Sarah Palin. Oh, like an right. Objectifier, right? because she's, yeah. a, she's a bitch. She's like, I disagree with her politics. She's
0: not so a bitch. How dare you? Her. Right, right. It's just a strictly a political point. thing. Yeah, but I, that, oh, I want to tell you. Well, okay, no. It, what Sarah Palin? Well, Warner part of my US. thing about Sarah, there's a there's a, a movie called A Game Change, which I I love Julianne Moore. Uh, playing Sarah Palin so whenever I see Julianne Moore in a movie and I really like what she's doing and she's just in a really fantastic movie called Gloria Bell uh, it makes me like Sarah Palin even more
1: that wasn't worth listening to (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm outraged. I apologize to video drill Writer.
0: Who's Who's John McCain? Is it Ed Harris? Yes, Ed Harris. And he's not doing a John McCain impression. He's just being Ed Harris. What if John Donald McCain Trump
1: wants him? Ed Harris get out of his eye line uh, when he's watching movies? <laughs> you have to block out Ed Harris's face. Yeah.
2: Alright, Jeff Turner's number two is a movie called Hellboy from 2004 Yes, yeah. Putin's dumb Nazi super science gauntlet from the opening scene. A pointless oh, bit of Mike open. Mignola style, lovingly but still pointlessly recreated for the movie. Yeah. Uh, and hand service. Yeah. Jeff Turner's number one is Blues Brothers. Hmm. Elwood's hat when he used it to protect his hand when he um, opened the window. Okay. You, you're, Dingus, to I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. Dingus, Your let's jokes. begin
0: impeachment proceedings against Jeff Turner's three by three.
2: Well, we can't do that because <laughs> the Senate won't do anything about <laughs> it. That's like uh, saying
1: I love it in a tweet to Robert Mueller's, never mind.
2: <laughs> all right, so next we have uh, Rihanna uh, McLean. So uh, Rihanna uh, says, dearest Tom Dingus and Kelly Wand. So that's Harrison, dearest Tom
0: Dingus and Kelly Wand. Is that how that's read? Do I get the dearest or am I sharing it with you guys?
2: Well, the least. There, there's no Oxford <laughs> comma, so it's dearest Tom, comma Dingus and Kelly one. So I think or oh, the rest is class. in parentheses and it's just dearest Kelly. <laughs> Here are some Wait, gloves. I... In the film Creep, ah. the London Tube train one, not the other one. Oh, Rihanna! Uh... No, wrong
0: creep. Wrong creep. <laughs> I although I do, I think one... this is Christopher Smith. Actually, I do like this guy a lot. It's his first movie, if I'm not mistaken. Creep, yeah. creep is the one that. Is the uh, Mark Duplass one we saw? Right, but she's talking about uh, an English director named uh, Christopher Smith. Uh, I think it's basically like a slasher in a subway. I think I've seen it a long time ago. But she's not talking about the Mark Duplass one.
2: All right. So uh, she says there is an excruciating scene where a terrified woman strapped to a gurney in stirrups is prepped for surgery by the titular creep. Acting out the role of a surgeon, he dresses himself in a filthy apron and pretends to anesthetize the patient with a disconnected gas mask. His surgical gloves have evidently been used many times before. Oh, man, this is awful. Sorry. Anyway, she continues. And are already punctured and dirty. He doesn't even put them on correctly. He (laughs) just sort of stretches them over his hands without putting his fingers (laughs) into the holes or anything. (laughs) he's
1: like a human centipede the whole scene is
2: just horrendous is what rihanna says oh that's uh, that oh, i'm creeped out right now thanks maybe Rhiannon. i haven't
0: seen this i would think i'd remember that scene it sounds
1: oh. really good
0: yeah
2: so
1: it's a ritualistic skin... glove putting on <sighs> it's not effective. crawling like that
0: all right so
2: uh rhiannon's number two in the opening scene of the good hellboy film <laughs> Rasputin puts on this big glove device thing to show to allow him to interact with the portal he and the Nazis are opening. It is huge with thick glass tubes over the fingers and all sorts of business on it. It is fantastic. Uh.
0: Sounds like Rhiannon collaborated with Jeff Turner.
2: Yeah, it does sound like that. And Rhiannon's number uh, one. Uh, no, she, she she has one, two, two. So this, uh, I have no idea what to do with this. <laughs> I think so, it's a
0: metric system, dingus. Maybe it's yeah, it, a might, it might
2: it might be the metric
0: system. I for uh, silver.
2: Batman returns. The Penguin wears shiny black mitten sort of things. At one point, taking oh yeah, yeah, yeah talking about his sad past, he suggests that he was born with shiny flippers. The truth is worse. He has deformed hands with fused fingers and claw-like nails, which the gloves are hiding.
1: Mm. Yeah, I like that. The idea that you just put gloves on and the crowd doesn't notice. Like, yeah, all right. The rest of them looks fine.
2: <laughs> so she can't wait to hear about everybody's gloves, and she says lots of love. All right, so now we have Luke S. Picnic at Hanging Rock. What? Huh. Just a I quote guess she... for this one. Well, young ladies, we are indeed fortunate in the weather for our picnic to Hanging Rock, I have instructed Mademoiselle that as the day is likely to be warm, you may remove your gloves ah. once the drag has passed through. Uh, <laughs>
1: so the gloves are safe from the other dimension.
0: No, uh, Kelly Want <laughs> Wow. The other
1: dimension's name, by the way, is Hanging Rock. <laughs> so...
0: No, Hanging see, Rock like is this dimension. dimension. It's actually called Hanging Rock, Kelly. One. It's here. It's oh, there.
1: It's, so picnic's the other side. The
0: yeah, picnic is the uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> We're on the picnic side.
2: So Luke S. Uh, his next one is Maps to the Stars.
0: Oh wow! I I like the movie. Oh, yeah. You guys didn't appreciate this. I guess I think Dingus uh, didn't appreciate
1: it. Yeah. I forget. I had complex views on it. Or I Isn't was really this big. David
0: Cronenberg? <laughs> by the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Way better than it Video Drum, weird. I'll tell you that much. Oh, no, come on. What? <laughs> so Luke Long, what's a new friend? It's uh, Tom. Mia Vazikowska, and who is her, who is like her brother in that? Blondie. I have no right. A Blondie? no idea. Alright.
1: Blondie and James Woods.
0: I'll give Blondie. you the Blondie, but the James Woods you can't have. No. Dr. All right, so Oblivion? Luke has...
1: Professor Oblivion?
0: Hello? Ugh. So Lucas says
2: Agatha backs. Agatha wears odd long leather gloves that cover her scars. Her entire look is constructed to hide her nefarious past from anyone who might be inclined to look, but the gloves are at odds with the rest of the drab apparel. They recall the glamour and elegance of Hollywood's golden age in a way that the that fits in perfectly with Cronenberg's perverse vision.
0: Yeah. I want to watch that again for some reason. Yeah. So is that Julianne Moore or Mia Masakowska's character?
2: I don't know. I don't know who Agatha is in that movie.
0: All right. Kelly Wand, you're going to have to watch that and let us know who Agatha is.
1: I feel like I saw it three years ago, I know I don't remember even one thing that happened. Does that happen to you ever?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, Tom um,
2: watches 17 movies a day, so right. of course that's going to happen.
0: What's your excuse, Kelly Wand? <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> he stopped halfway through <laughs> obscure German
2: movies.
1: I'm uh, telling you, you can watch any 10 minutes of it's fine, and it's like watchable. Right. Uh, At any uh, random point.
2: Lucas, uh, his In last life. choice <laughs> is Gerald's game.
0: Ugh. Uh, <laughs> Mike Flanagan.
2: <laughs> here is a harsh reminder to Christian that he said we could take this 3x3 three three any way we wanted. Poor Jesse game. A uh, handcuffed to the bed, following the death of her husband after a sex game gone wrong. Oops. Her only means of escape is to shatter a nearby glass, cut her wrist on it,
0: and use the blood as lube... Spoiler! Hello! ...to pull her hand through the yeah. cuff. He's, that's the whole movie right there. That right there is what Stephen King has produced to make a movie out of. That's the sum total of it all right there. In the book, <sighs> she's topless, though. So... And in this one too, I think she like vision like her dead husband like she like Bruce Greenwood plays her dead husband and he like gets he like he kind of Tyler Durden's her like he gets up and he's talking to her and it turns out hey he was never really there, I don't know if that's part what? of the book or not. Yeah. Does the dog feature prominently? Yes. Yeah, the dog comes in and eats his body. Yeah. Okay. Good times.
2: All right. So uh, Lucas says the handcuff catches on the skin, which peels away from her hand. <sighs> it's a process known as degloving. Easily uh, one of the most unpleasant things I've ever seen on film.
0: I thought uh, well, Joel's game was also term.
2: pretty unpleasant. Yeah, I agree with him. All right, so Josh Lubliner's next. I thought of two. <laughs> he, says, he says proudly. Good, Josh. I'm glad you thought of two. One, two, and two. Um, you have six fingers on your right hand. Someone was looking for oh. you.
0: Oh, <laughs> see, this is a good opportunity. Normally I would like poo-poo yes. when you Princess Bride picks, but this is a great yeah. one.
2: I do love this, and I thought of this too. And this is gr- this is a great pick, Josh. Uh, Christopher Guest as Count Rugen in *The Princess Bride* has six fingers on his right hand, but the movie never tries to do some lame finger prosthetic. <laughs> he just wears <laughs> black leather gloves, one of which has six fingers. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's great. I need to see it. Josh it. lovener's number one. Go glove point, and having pointed, pounce. Of course, the greatest glove in cinematic history is the Flying Glove from the Yellow Submarine. <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez>. What? That's <laughs>
1: probably true, actually.
2: John that's Lennon turns it into love through the power of typographical musicology.
1: That's all I yeah. got. Yeah, that's good. I
0: like he,
2: that. He just made me think of Smell the Glove. All the, right, which,
0: so, I, is what? there actually ever a glove in there?
2: Yellow and Submarine?
0: What? No, that they smell in Spinal Tap. No, it's, it's just, just... a. a Gags.
1: Isn't it on the okay. album cover?
0: No,
2: the the album cover is covers black. How much more black could it That's be? That's
1: not Smell the Glove, though. It's
2: none there? more black.
1: It is none more black.
2: Uh, what's wrong it, with
1: being sexy? That's my question.
2: Well, we didn't do it in doubly. All right, so next one is John Renninger. I only thought of two. The first is Audrey Hepburn's Black Gloves in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, I have an image in my mind of her black gloved hands with one of those long cigarette holders. And uh I'm not sure if the Infinity Gauntlet is a glove.
1: <laughs> in Iron Man's is too. Yeah, I wish I thought of
0: Infinity that. Gauntlet. That's a good one, John Renner. Yeah. yeah, I did think it's, of
1: it, but I was too
2: he, he says it's a little Michael Jacksony, except <laughs> Thanos seemed only to abuse young girls. It it seems to, it, well, uh, it seems to uh, morph onto whatever size See, hand. Yeah, the is.
0: one true ring fits any finger. Yeah, it, right. it can it can accommodate anyone who's willing to wear it. Can
1: it accommodate any uh, appendage?
0: Kelly, wand, get that out of your <laughs> Jeez, head. That's just, Kelly, come on, that's unsanitary. Hey, what's in
1: your face? Out of my hand.
0: <laughs> Next, we have Chris Webb.
2: That'd be uh, the first
1: thing I do to that ring.
2: <laughs> <Number>.
1: <laughs> Turn your dick invisible.
0: Alright. Wait, why guess, would you want to do that? I guess you would turn all yeah, invisible. You don't want your dick to be invisible. And yeah, why would it I'd stop it, at the base of your dick? I mean, why does it then, turn?
1: Because I'd want the Nazgul in the ghost world to see me do it. Like, hey, when they show up to kill me, I'm like, look what I did. Fuck you!
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the one true cock ring. Yeah.
1: I guess I right, could so, you know, it's still worth it, though.
2: Chris Webb, number three, eyes wide shut. <laughs> A nice overcoat and a pair of leather gloves are the height of fanciness. I love it when I'm in a place cold enough to require such accoutrement. I feel like I'm Tom Cruise walking around New York, a real fancy boy. <laughs> Chris Webb's Fancy 10. lad. The skin I live in. Oh, it's difficult get to get describe. It's difficult to describe the look and feel of this brief moment. Antonio Banderas preps for surgery by removing surgical gloves from what looks like a large Band-Aid wrapper. He then puts them on, pulling the wrist cinch over the long sleeves of his shirt. It's a scene that I feel accurately conveys a sterile environment. As with my number one, this selection came to mind immediately.
0: Yeah. Have, guys, have
2: either of you seen The Skin I Live In?
0: I don't think no, I, have. It's, I, have Almodovar, I have. right? constantly hassle to see it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if Antonio Banderas is in it, it's Pedro Almodovar.
2: Yeah. We can accept that. Uh, and Chris yeah. Webb's number one, The Dreamers.
0: Ew. Yeah, Eva, I don't like where this is going.
2: Eva Green nude while sheet wrapped oh. around her lower half, black gloves that go up to her biceps, standing in front of a black background. The Venus de Milo image. Does Kelly Wan have any thoughts on this moment of high art? Perhaps something about it turning him to stone? Did it cause yeah. him to lose an arm?
1: It's Gilda 2.0, kind of. What? It's like, black.
0: What? Done more black. Yeah, the Dreamers like is Gilda 2.0. Well, no. Eva Green is. Oh. Have you <laughs> seen the Dreamers? No. It's clearly like Bertolucci being part. being way too old to direct a, a movie. Like like it, it's yeah,
1: it's got, it's He's directing a naked lady. Right? It's like Harry? dirty old man
0: territory though. Like it's just really uh, yeah You know what? No Last do? Tango in Paris, I'm what? even okay with, with reflecting Come Sky. On, the Dreamers Yeah, whatever. <laughs> really? So it's no it's no three hundred. I'm yeah, yeah, well like, three hundred yeah, Rise See, of she's an naked Empire all the I think Empire. Yeah. All right, so uh, next. Uh, yeah, have... I've seen that part. Like it's like tedious Thanks French for... kids. It's like, uh, come on. It's like, like, like an American dude taking up with a couple of tedious French brother and sister pair. You know, no, whatever. It's so European. Uh, it's just it's European through and through. Yeah.
2: Oh, European.
1: They don't know what they're doing.
2: Speaking Uh-oh. of Europeans, we have Arthur Giovanni Jelly. Ah, yes. Uh, number three. Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. The uh... black.
1: Glove,
2: I was worried that... Dingus was going to do this one. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I pressed. told uh, Chris that I was going to um, try to grief you guys on one of those, but I decided too, not. too
0: easy. You said All let Arthur easy. do it.
2: Yeah. Arthur. Uh, Arthur came through. So, Return of the Jedi. Black glove that Luke Skywalker wears on his artificial hand after it is Solo Maru. After <laughs> this is how he puts it. After it is damaged at the events at Jabba's palace. The offense. Damage.
0: Yeah, it was like a party. And I thought it was it's Cloud offense. City. Didn't he get his hand cut off at Cloud City in Bespin?
1: Yeah, but then he gets his hand—he gets his behind a hand shot. Talk about and bad then, aim. And then
2: he. By, puts uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, I love when we see him pull the glove of the exposed circuitry circuitry of the hand. It was an image that always freaked me out as a kid. Why um, nice. Arthur's number two is Mister Holmes. yeah the final case of sherlock holmes does not resolve itself in the neat and happy manner that many of his other cases did the aged holmes doesn't remember how it ended and one of the objects that helps him finally recall it is a lady's glove the glove triggers a really good scene and finally helps us understand why holmes retired while dropping his pipe and announcing it he may have played his May have played a significant role. No, the glove in the case in which it's connected. See, Tom? Very no, no, <laughs> just like no. Captain America. Uh uh.
0: Nope. It's all the Constitution. <laughs>
2: Arthur Juvénalis. Just like boy. John Wick. Wait, who plays?
0: Is Mr. Holmes the uh, the uh, Ian? Who, which Holmes movie is this? There's so many. What is he talking about?
1: I mean, uh, McKellen. It's Ian McKellen. He's old and senile.
0: Okay, so it is like that recent thing. Okay. It's not like some old thing with Michael Caine. It's a bad movie to watch
1: on a plane because he's falling asleep in the movie and I'm falling asleep. (laughs) (laughs) He's old.
0: I feel Do we know who directed it? Some guy. Okay.
2: Oh, very good. Uh, uh, Arthur's number one is The Prestige. Christian Bale oh, wears yes. padded gloves during his magic shows to hide the injury he suffered when his bullet catch routine was sabotaged by Huge Ackman. These padded gloves help convince Jackman and Scarlett Johansson that Bale is not using a double for his trick, the transported man. Johansson later advises Bale to perform without the gloves in order to show just how skilled a magician he is. I, like I that And finally, we have Chris Marketson. Actually, I've got a couple more after this, but I'll let you know. So Chris Marketson, hey, guys, here are a few pairs of gloves that I like. Number three, in Fight Club, the narrator can hear Tyler and Marla being intimate. (laughs) Is that what they're doing, Chris? They're being intimate. Uh, The narrator then stops by the door to the bedroom Tyler and Marla are in, and suddenly open, the door opens and standing there in a very healthy looking Tyler who is naked but for a yellow rubber glove. And she's Walder someone off
1: club. as an act of intimacy. Uh,
2: Chris is number two. In Atomic Blonde, Charlize Theron wears a pair of black fingerless gloves upon her arrival in Berlin. There are two really nice shots of her gloved hands. One is punching one of the Russian henchmen, and the other is reaching down to take off one of her shoes.
0: Why is she wearing those? Are they, like, Just accessories to her outfit or something?
2: I I mean, it's obviously it. not
0: to keep her hands warm, because her fingers are right. fine.
2: It's part of her look. Uh, she borrowed them from Stanley Kubrick, I think. Ah, oh. to hang some lights. All right. Yeah. Uh, Chris is number one. Thank you, Chris. You came through as I hoped you would. Uh, in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, uh, Spock takes a pair of gloves off. Uh, this is this is my absolute favorite, but I was certain Chris would do this. I love this pick, Chris. You
0: rock planet. Thing is you can't tag team three-by-three three picks with Chris Marketson. I'm pulling yeah, you can. over.
1: Listen to me read this thing someone else wrote. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, it's
1: it's kind of uh, like Fox, you're getting free votes.
2: Spock takes a pair of gloves off and then Mr. Scott, just yanking yes. them off Scotty's hands. The then sky. there is a nice shot of Spock putting nice. on the gloves as a platform rotates to take him into the enclosure where he can get the mains back online. I can Thanks see it guys. in my mind
0: right now. Chris. Yeah. Uh, I it's love a strong video. visual image for me. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah the this... platform's turning. Yeah. I... I... <laughs> i admit
2: that this uh this pick brings tears to my eyes i love it I wait love it. why
0: why is he putting on glo- what? what he's putting because... on gloves because it's cold or what what's going on
2: he... okay so the mains have gone off uh, i'm off- sorry i, I asked understand already <laughs> function of
0: gloves so he it's so he, he can he, go he... into the radiation room and save them and die yeah. to get resurrected and yeah, he doesn't and want pray. to
1: get his hands hurt when he gets irradiated
0: and then he is he wearing the,
1: the
2: gloves
0: when they bring him back in return of spock
2: no return of spock good lord what is that revenge so then, right spock, so then, why does he
0: wear gloves on his ears Is he
2: so then, those? Uh,
1: little
2: of there, there's no such thing as ear gloves so then he takes it off of course when he does uh his when they when he when kirk is outside the glass and they put their hands up to the glass
0: what is spock's last name mr nimoy do Vulcans it... only have one name? Is that a deal? When they go live long and prosper,
1: are they making a V for Vulcan?
0: Oh, uh, it's a racial thing. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, so I have a... It's uh, like a high
2: five. Uh, we ha- we have a, a couple of friends. Uh, one of them is named Leon. And uh, when I was talking about gloves with Leon, uh, he's, uh, he's a little kid, um, but really really smart, pretty precocious. He was talking about this great movie that he loves called, uh, the Eagle Huntress. And, um, so anybody who deals with birds of prey and the, this, this movie is a documentary about, uh, the first, uh, the first girl to raise an Eagle in this, uh, in another country, you, you can watch it if, you, if you're interested in that. And he's talking, and I, and I asked him, it, it, do they call those gloves or is there another word for them? And he's like, no, they're gloves. Um, and then Alexandra, his mom, said, oh, that reminds me of that one movie with the guy who was in Marley and Me. Uh, and I went, Owen Wilson? And she goes, yeah. And he was in that movie with uh, the Alec Baldwin, I think, or that one guy. And that, this is how she talks about movies. And I went, Oh, you're talking about Mordecai. So uh, you know, uh Lu uh Owen Wilson or no Luke Wilson, I'm sorry. Luke Wilson has one of those gloves for Mordecai the Falcon.
0: Oh, I, went, I thought you were talking about the Johnny Depp movie. I was no, like When did Mordecai not- Okay. Not more to the guy. I'm right, talking okay. about Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums, right? And,
2: right. Uh, and, the, and the Falcon's
0: name. Are those gloves, though? Or don't they just go over... Isn't it like a vambrace or something? Doesn't it just go over your wrist?
2: No, no. It's a it's a full-on glove. glove that okay. goes all the way up your arm because they they will rip your lungs out.
0: Those Yeah, they got sharp feet. Those little feet yeah. things on them are sharp, right?
2: They have sharp feet. Cool. <laughs> uh, so she came up with he, that, and he penions. came up with Eagle Huntress. Yeah. So... Uh, Eagle hunters is a really good documentary that, if you're interested in uh, anything about birds, you should watch. At what
0: point all though right. is it not a glove and it's now a sleeve? Because it sounds like this is a sleeve if it goes all the way up to your if shoulder. If it
1: has things covering your fingers.
0: Uh, I, guess, I guess so. Yeah, because they
2: do, cover your hand. They can do like sleeve hides, like where the, instead of having to do gloves, they put sleeves down over their hands. Um. Because there was one movie, um, it was one of the Mission Impossible movies where, uh, well, well, of course, there, there are the uh, the gecko gloves that he uses to go up to oh, the yeah. birch. Uh, uh,
0: oh, yeah, why didn't one of you guys pick that? That's a great one. Shoot, I'm changing mine. <laughs> Which one do I
2: do? He also I'm still has. A game. Like a, a special <laughs> gun that only can sense his DNA when, or, or sense ah, his finger, or uh, Cersei's. And they accidentally yeah. in the in the early promo stuff uh, had him wearing gloves while he was holding that gun, and then they had to remove the gloves digitally because
0: oh, because it wouldn't go through the, glo- <laughs> the Yeah, sensor, right, right. It's like oh, the, hilarious.
2: That yeah. argument with uh with Dexter. The, the Dexter television show where he's not supposed to be able to use his iPhone because he's wearing right. surgical gloves.
1: Buster yeah. Keaton had to do that in the general,
0: too. Uh, do you guys have any runners-up? Uh, so you, did you all see the uh, Mads Mickelson movie called Polar? Obviously,
2: no, I think you waved me off. Yeah, it's
0: of it. terrible. It's awful. But it's from some comic book that it really thinks it's like a lock, stock, and two smoking barrels kind of thing, or like a smoke and aces. Like it's that kind of movie. Oh, and yeah, Mads yeah. Mikkelsen, he's a, an assassin who's trying to, trying to retire. And so these other assassins are chasing him down, and they're going to kill him. Uh, and at the very end of the movie, and he gets like captured and tortured, and then he, esca- he escapes, and then the bad guy sends a whole army after him. So he not a whole army, but you know, 20 guys who are heavily armed, and he knows they're coming to get him. So he gets someone to help him, and they they patch him up. And he has an eye patch at this point, and he's wearing, like he look. Mads Mikkelsen looks awesome in this movie. He's got the eye patch, and he's wearing like a big old, like trench coat, it's like a duster thing. Uh, And he's smoking cigarettes, and he gets in an old, like some four by four with a tarp over the back that looks like something to be in Road Warrior. (laughs) <laughs> and he puts these crates, which is some way that he's going to prevail over the bad guys. He's loading crates into the back of this 4x4, and then he drives it out to a remote location in a factory, and it shows him unloading the crates. And then he's unloading these, these gun emplacements that sit on big old tripods, and the big old huge machine guns sit on them, and he bolts them into place. And there's a montage of him setting these things up. And then he gets everything set up, and then he goes down into the middle of this open, abandoned factory where he's waiting for the bad guys. And the bad guys all drive in. They're there to kill him, right? But they don't open fire on him immediately, which they could. If they really wanted to kill him, it's like bad guys monologuing. But instead, they pull up, they park their car, they fan out in a long line to stand in the middle of the room. And they're, they've been led by this chick who he used to work with, and she's like a villain now and he says to her I'm sorry I had to come this way I'm going to give you one more chance to walk out and she's like oh no way we're coming we're going to kill you now and so he's like okay and, <laughs> and these these dumb bad guys give him time to walk back to his truck and put on a pair of gloves <laughs> and then he turns around and it's like it's like Michael Sheen with his laser cane in Tron he turns around and the gloves shoot lasers out of the knuckles what? and the machine guns oh. fire where the lasers are pointing, which is pointless because the guys are just right. standing in a ring in that front hurts. of them. If he just had the machine guns like fire and turn a little bit to the left and right, it would mow them down. But it's like, obviously, the the director's so in love with this visual of Madge Mickelson, yeah. who I think looks really cool and retro, except for the fact that now he's got dumb lasers shooting out of his knuckles because he's got these <laughs> laser gloves. And it's so it looks so stupid, too, because he like he's not pointing them at anybody. He's just basically like waving them around in the front of the the this crowd of guys and then the guns mow them down like there's no laser precision required you're you making just... it sound awesome to... <laughs> like, the more you describe how much you think it sucks the more you're like oh, wait
1: so it's he's just painting them with this fucking yeah, laser yeah, laser it yep. sounds hilarious just back and forth and, and it, it it's mads really... mickelson doing it it's, it's like mads kind of mickelson in a duster icy. and he's
0: all exactly and yeah. he's got an eye patch at this point because he's been tortured and he's you See? know his hair looks awesome eye he's got patch, stubble Sean i know yeah the eye patch is great it's Your like favorite. him in, in uh, valhalla rising but the, but it's the stupid lasers and it's, you know it, it it's just, the director thought the lasers looked cool i guess uh but oh my god they're the dumbest gloves like just shoot just hold them he could have just been holding a machine gun and done the same thing it's so you know dumb, what's dumb about
1: eye patches i just realized is like it are supposed to make you look badass but you look more badass if you don't wear them.
0: You just got to, like, hollow eye socket. Yeah, what,
1: <laughs> that's more badass than wearing a, cover, wearing a tiny little piece of silk the on. The
0: problem it. with that, Kelly Wand, is that's a yeah. tough makeup effect. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but I meant, and, I meant in why, RL, too.
2: why wear pants? I mean, don't you...
0: Uh, argue dingus, I've pants. been asking
1: that for so long. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started.
0: All right, what about you guys, runners-up for gloves?
1: Um, I was thinking of the Gilda scene where she takes off her gloves, and I was realizing that it's the same, there's the same thing. It happens in, in God Created Woman, where it's like the hot girl in the movie does this really iconic dance number, and in both those movies, the scenes end with a guy storming up to the hot dancing girl, going, stop being sexy, you out-of-control hussy, and like shoves her in a hole, like, get out of here with that shit. And then the movie becomes a classic, like, oh, remember when she danced? That was great. It's like in the movie, the guys are upset that she's... So I don't understand that trope. Like, what are they mad about? It's a win-win, isn't it? Just let her dance. Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> there, I said it. It's Glenn Ford, too. So. Ugh,
0: oh, grandpa movies. Movie. Yeah.
1: It's like a love triangle kind of movie. But everything you can... Be- it's like she's a millionaire's... Her prostitute concubine or something. And he, she, he used to date her. And now he's working for that guy. And so every time they look at each other, like, oh, remember when we fucking... And then fought and then fucked again, and then everything that you is going to happen. Like the guy, never mind. They, they wind up uh, getting together again, <laughs> but it's, it's okay. Like if they, like a bunch of people get blown up and killed, and they're like, "Well, uh, you, it's always you, me and me, man. We're just crazy together." They go off. There's different times, Kelly Wand. I know. I kind of like that. But in, in in God created woman, she's kind of out of control. She's worse than Gilda. Gilda's just, she's got alcohol issues. So those are my favorite gloves in films uh, from the 40s and 60s, 50s, 60s, 50s. 50s. Dingus, other
0: gloves for you?
2: All right. So uh, I really love, it's a stupid gag, but I love it. Uh, It's uh, Emmett Walsh in the movie Fletch, where he puts the glove on his hand and uh, loops it up.
1: Moon River!
2: Yeah, exactly. He's got the whole fist up there, Doc. So, That's in the
1: trailer. They fucking spoiled that.
2: Trailer. Oh, I didn't know And that. then
1: it got a laugh in the movie. That's how dumb people were back then.
2: <laughs> well, I'm dumb now.
1: Spoil
2: it. Um, I, uh, I really, really love this moment in Love and Death where Woody Allen gets slapped by a glove. That's by, what I was
0: thinking of, right.
2: And, and he's like, what is this, Slap Boris Day? Uh,
0: <laughs> I was definitely thinking of like a dual scene where somebody's getting slapped and and it's played for laughs. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Dingus. Yeah. Yep.
2: Um, and then the other one, the, the, my last one. Well, I, I don't know how I feel about fingerless gloves. Cause I know that Judd, what's his name? Where's to... them in? Broken, oh, Judd Nils in, in <laughs> breakfast club. But uh, my, my, my other favorite, and this is from an animated movie. Rebel it's clothes. Elsa. It's Elsa in Frozen. Uh, where she wears gloves in order to uh, – it's kind of a similar to the rogue thing – in order to protect people from her powers. And her sister pulls a glove, her, her glove off of her in this moment where they have this confrontation. In the, in the, and then Elsa can, like, shoot up all this ice to block everybody in the room from – chasing her out of the room uh and she does it inadvertently um but i just i liked the idea of her parents making her wear gloves in order so that she can't freeze things uh but that's it
0: uh i was on a uh, personal anecdote real quick i was on a tv show once where i had to play a coroner at the scene of a crime uh and there's like a body there and uh one You're of the always guys a
2: specialist
0: was, that was the nine yeah. the nine exactly and the guy from wings who's not steven weber uh was the lead guy on it and he's like a tim daly he's a cop and he comes up and i don't even remember the say like i'm I, I, i'm a coroner i'm looking at a body and he comes up and he's like hey what's the case and i tell him eh, this guy was murdered or whatever but i thought it would be cool to have those gloves and then be taking them off as i'm talking to the cop because you know it's really cool when the yeah. doctor guys wear those it's like yeah i'm gonna look cool doing that and so i did that on the first take and the way they do these tv shows they they run through this stuff quickly uh because they're on a very tight schedule so we do the scene and i took the gloves off and i told tim daly about the body or whatever and the director's like okay let's go again and then reset and tim daly goes back to his mark and i'm and i'm trying to get those gloves back on i don't <laughs> know if you guys know this once you I take see- them off they turn inside out And there's, like, talcum powder on the inside to make it slide easily when you put them on so that when you've taken them off and they're inside out, you're now trying to put your hand into a part without talcum powder that really is sticky. It's hard to get your hand up there, and there's 30 people waiting on me (laughs) to get the stupid gloves back on, and they're turning inside out, and I can't quite get it down on each of my fingers, and and I just was so attached to this whole idea of taking the gloves off. That everybody had to wait for me to put the stupid glove back on inside out. The third time you do it. Did you make them wait or did you just give up? Well, I had to because I was like, oh, sorry, I had these gloves on. And the the director. They watched you in silence. Yeah, exactly. Like they're sitting there waiting for me. And it's so – like that's so intimidating when you're on a big project like that anyway, yeah. this idea that you're – and when you're making people <laughs> wait because you've made some dumb choice yeah. to pull gloves and off. That's and that's the you,
1: only sound in the room is Right.
0: And if your hands <laughs> are the least bit moist, it's really hard to get them And they get sweaty on. in there because they're hot. Yeah. So exactly. Right. So yeah. Now the third time you do it because then you take them off a second time and now they're turned back inside out to the talcum still powder want side to take. again. Like you've taken the other one off. I think that's what finally happened is that someone said, could you get him a new – could we get this guy a new pair of gloves? <laughs> like, that's that's what really happened. CG it? Right. Fix it in post. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, apparently the Infinity Gauntlet also turns inside out. <laughs> that was a not problem. Right.
0: They didn't, even, they didn't even do the CG for that. Right. That's and the jewels are on the outside. Right. Right. So, stupid. All right. All right are you guys Tom. ready for next week's – three or next month's 3x3? Yeah. Three three? Uh <laughs> Okay, this one is gonna be uh, so I'm right. asking for your favorites, but sometimes my favorite example of something is a really <laughs> crappy instance of it. So this is your favorites you can your favorite can be one that's really bad favorite basically. It's one, it, it can mean anything, so basically what I want are notable ones, It'd but your favorite. favorites are fine. We're going to overlap a lot if we're all doing our favorites, so I just want to say some of my favorites of these are really poor choices of them, and that's why I like them. <laughs> I want your favorite fake celebrities in a movie, because a lot of times in a movie, it's going to be about like a super famous singer or actor, uh, like celebrities from entertainment. Don't I don't want fake presidents or anything like that, so sometimes a movie has to invent, hey – Take our word for it, this is a super famous person. And I'm going to shall I like take one off the table? Like does anything come to mind for you guys? Uh not the ones you uh, Yeah. It, it definitely Okay, well stuff. I won't take anything off the table cuz there's something that I, I really I think like. I need an
2: example though, same time. Okay, well me. here's the thing. Here's but the thing they and Don't here's...
0: have to just be movies. Can they be music as well? Well, that's the thing. Is my what what inspired this was I Celebrity. thought Brad Bradley Cooper was such a great yeah. like famous country star in A Star is Born, but that's because Bradley Cooper's already famous. What I enjoy are mm. when you when you cast someone who's not famous know, to hasn't. play someone of that caliber. Because not every movie can afford Bradley Cooper to play its celebrity. So a lot of times, and I see this in like horror movies and stuff, uh, they'll try to cast someone to be the super famous celebrity of that caliber. And I just find it really charming when... You watch the movie and you think, no, that is not a celebrity. There's nothing celebrity about this poor actor who just got cast because he's slightly attractive or whatever. Were you um, playing
1: a famous coroner? I, the...
0: I, I like the distinction there. I, I really like this distinction. Because so, Bradley Cooper is the one I'm that made ask. me think of it, but I really do feel it's because he's Bradley Cooper and he's already famous. Like if you just uh, you know, cast some guy who's like really a gruff country guy who's good looking and charming – it would be fine, but it wouldn't work nearly as well. Uh, so if you want to pick a fake celebrity who happens to be played by an actual celebrity, that's fine. I'm just fascinated with movies that have to come up with fake celebrities. So wouldn't Is your... yep.
1: Born, wouldn't you have been hanging out with real celebrities in the movie? Like they
0: would have come over and hung out. And she... Well, that's a strategy, by the way, to do a fake celebrity. Is right. show it with real celebrities and then you can take. But, but you know We'll talk about other fake one. ones.
2: I like this very yeah. much and I like that you made that distinction because it makes it a little bit
0: harder. That's good. Yeah. So if you are listening and you've got some fake celebrities you're thinking of, now should we do like, are, what are we, are we the first of next month or the last of this month? Oh, let's, go, let's go to the last of this month. Close enough because we're, yeah. That's how so, it started. On by – get this to us by Sunday, June 30th, midnight Pacific. Send those to 3x3 at quarterto3.com. We'll read them on the air we'll be reminding you throughout the month that this is a 3x3 three three coming up. And we're going to see Dark Phoenix next week. How exciting. No. No, we're not. Uh. We're going to do Godzilla, uh, King of the Monsters. So if you, I already you, tired, talked about X-Men. Right, right. We've got that out of our system. Yeah. Poor yeah, that person. felt like too.
1: I and mean, that was old X Men. That was good. That right. <laughs> felt like too much.
0: Yeah. Although, although to be fair, you would think we'd learn our lesson about Godzilla movies too. But you know, we'll find no, no, out. No, no, no. I saw it. Well, Sam, well, don't spoil it, Kelly. It, so if I'm you've seen fan. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, yeah. let us know what you thought. Send your thoughts to 3x3 at quarter to three dot com by Sunday, June 9th, midnight Pacific, and we'll read your comments on the air, and we will talk about it. And we'll have a synopsis, and there will be taglines, and Dingus will tell us what rating it is. Tune in for that next week. I am Tom Chick. I am here with Christian Mikowski. It's
2: Christian Murawski.
0: And Kelly Wand. Hey Dingus, uh one set of gloves,
1: latex gloves get you ten condoms. Picture this, I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips, I am sick, I will bunch your baby bear in a shit. Give me lip, I'ma send you to the yard. Get a stick, make a switch. I can end the conversation real quick. I am crap, I lie and kick a lion in the Magician's crack. gloves should be called silk gauntlets.
2: I'd prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us." All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct.
1: Is it weird that glove compartments in cars are large enough to contain a pair of shoes? We should call that the shoe box.
2: That's the most magnificent crack on planet Earth. Oh, they say that Godzilla.